Hello world and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are doing the high school mixtape. So let's get into it. So yeah, this week we are doing uh, something that I feel like Kevin and I used to do a lot. Um, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, who is this guy? Oh, oh sorry guys. <laughs> is that, is that sorry. the fourth member of the podcast? <laughs> I snuck in through the back door, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Ben. Um, um, it's a pleasure to be back here on Off the Beaten Glove. I love talking music with these guys, and uh, I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing the high school mixtape. Uh, kind of celebrating the uh, the lost art of burning CDs. Yeah. Like we used to do back in the days of iTunes and purchasing a 25 stack of blank CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 70-minuters. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. You squeeze every every minute and second oh, out of those some You got to get the 120-minuters, dude. Oh, it's so brutal oh. when you get that 72-minute that mm-hmm. you had to figure out what to cut. Um, what song to cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just ruined your whole flow. I would spend hours making one CD, making sure every like song flowed into each other the correct way. I never repeated an artist. Yeah, um, it was just an art to it that's just been lost to time. I think I, I still construct my playlists when we build them. Like I make sure like the flow is right. Like I made sure the songs that were on the playlist this week like flowed well together. I think that's why we have so much fun with them. The yeah, playlists because so they feel like little little mini mixtapes every yeah, week for sure. And we took a whole week off. We're happy. Um, we took a whole week off from playlists, obviously, yes. uh, for our interview last week. I haven't seen Kevin like two weeks, uh, so it's good to get back in the studio. And we're so happy to have you on, Ben. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Even though you got demoted last week, no, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I always knew this was going to happen. Uh-huh. I never should have let Louie in on this. Lou's bringing the fire, though. <laughs> he, that's the worst a, feeling. It's in one the world. of his missions in life <laughs> to make sure I feel pain. So <laughs> <laughs> when you meet. You introduce your buddies to someone, and then yeah, it, they start like growing fond of them. You're like, "Don't be too fond of them." <laughs> All right, you back off right hey, now. Come on, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> Don't leave me. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to get into the high school uh, mixtape playlist. So let's go over some audience submissions because we got quite a few. Uh, the first one, my fiance Zoe says, "Rather be" by Jess Glenn, or featuring Jess Glenn by a Clean Bandit. Great song. Yeah. Unanimously, before we got started, it was like, this song rips. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, yes, you have, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, we we, uh, we were kind of, we all three got together, like, yeah, this song fucking rocks. I forgot about it, and I love it. And, like, we were just all talking about, like, you know, you talked about being at the gym, and it was the happiest time you've ever been, hearing a song, and... Um, ben talked about how he did a little deep mini deep dive into Clean Bandit because of it, and I just fucking was just so happy to hear it. I was I was upset Zoe wasn't here so I could tell her that I loved it. Uh, but yeah, no, great fucking song, uh, great pick, Zoe. And it was it was kind of depressing when I heard it. Though. I was like, oh no, somebody was in high school when this came out. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't remember when it's from, but I just I remember hearing it everywhere. Yeah, and like there's a few of those by Clean Bandit that I looked into after that. Yeah, I, this song got huge. There's a, there's a few of them, and like I just never connected the dots. I guess yeah. I never really listened to them, but I'm definitely going to after this for sure. 2014. Yeah. Okay. 
I had dropped out of college for like four years already. <laughs> I'd given up on my dreams by that point. Come on. <laughs> I'd been a loser for five years uh, already. Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. Graduated class 2012, yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that's nuts. Our next pick, Mason. I'm a very, um, I don't know. He contributes a lot. I, I forgot how I was going to say that. Mason is like uh, the fifth, the, member, the fifth member. Yeah, the most consistent contributor. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely the most consistent contributor. Uh, 3005 by Childish Gambino. Uh, great song. Uh, another song I kind of forgot about because I haven't listened to this album in forever. Probably since I did my deep dive into Childish Gambino um, a few years back. And it's great. It's just a, it's a classic. Just it, it, it really illuminates what set him apart at the time. So... See, yeah. no, you go ahead. Like, absolutely. So, like, this was actually my first experience with this song, I think. Uh, and I love it. Like, it's it's really good. Um, you'll hear throughout this this episode, I think, that I, I get a little bipolar with rap a lot of times. Um, and Childish Gambino was just kind of that age where I had just given up on it. Like, I just didn't listen to it. I wasn't interested. I didn't think anything would, good was coming out. But this rocks. Yeah, This is really cool. This has a really unique vibe. Um, and I always like I, I consider giving Childish Gambino more of a shot when Please This do. Is America came out. Oh man, um, I, I just never ended up doing. it. I got distracted. Who knows? But yeah, I think I'm gonna. Yeah, and I I, I think it kind of shows where he's been because this sounds a little more rough, I think, than yeah. his current his current stuff. Which me and Kevin talked a few weeks ago about Childish and how he'd hung it up, and then he just released a new song this week, so which we're gonna talk about later. But yeah, it's kind of cool to see the progression. A lot of times rappers are really good at the beginning, then they drop off. He's just one that's gotten gradually, gradually better. Yeah. Um, I'll I mean, let you take the next one. Yeah, you. sure. Uh, so next is Grant, uh, my buddy from Homage. I've talked about him a couple times. He always submits multiple things, I feel like. He submitted another one through the story as well. He did Juvenile Back That Ass Up on our on Instagram story. We've already talked about that, though, on the Trash Playlist. So we'll go with uh, he submit The Freshman by The Verve Pipe and Graduation by Vitamin C. Um, both incredible songs. Uh, the freshman is just a classic, like Depressio, but it's gr- it's a great song. He should have done the Bronson Arroyo version. <laughs> have you heard that one? No, I'm sure oh, it's great. Man, I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I mean Bronson Arroyo is maybe one of the coolest people on the planet. So I don't doubt that his version of uh, the freshman know. by the Verve Pipe is great. I don't know if it'll touch Red's hooded sweatshirt, but Red's hooded sweatshirt. That's only harmonizing that two brothers can do. <laughs> just completely out of key. Yeah. We just had managed to hit the wrong key at the same time. Yep, there you go. But yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it's one that I don't ever really think about. It's one that always comes on like playlists. Yeah. I remember hearing it a lot when I had like uh, summer hits of the 90s yeah. and summer hits of the 2000s. That was one that always got thrown in. This is another one of those songs that was on 103.9 constantly. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. I just remember every time we got in the car, it seemed like on any sort of family trip, we would hear the freshman three three or four times. times, And then Graduation by Vitamin C is a classic. I don't know. It came out, I think, around the time that I was thinking about starting to graduate from high school. So it was was an interesting – or maybe I was becoming a freshman going into high school. I don't remember. I forget when it came out. Grant's a little bit older than I am. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's just a classic – it's a good graduation song. I mean, it's exactly what it's about and it's about the future, but also, you know, reliving the past and how fun it was. So. Yeah. I, I mostly, I, I did I only listened to the freshman because that was the one that you, that you put on the playlist, but I mean, it's got an irresistible 
just voice to it the whole time. I, I, I couldn't help singing every single word along in the car, on the car ride down. And it, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's a really great song. It's, I think it, I would consider these guys one hit wonders, I guess. I don't really remember anything else by the yeah. bird pipe, but, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That guilt stricken sobbing with my head on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great to belt out. <laughs> Yeah, once we do the email playlist, that might have to make a resurgence. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next is Emily, uh, Mason's fiance, uh, soon to be wife. Uh, it's uh, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, another repeat offender. I think she's yeah. picked that twice. Uh, no, Mason picked it last time. Okay. So okay. it's from the same household. <laughs> but still, in this house, a little we bit rock of nepotism Nikki. at play, maybe. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, it's a great song. Like, love, love or hate Nicki Minaj, this is a classic. Like she burst onto the scene with this and it's just, again, this is one of those like, Oh no, <laughs> somebody was in high school when this came out. It almost feels like maybe Mason's cheating the system and like he got, just... he, he uses one pick for himself and one for his fiance. <laughs> yeah. His guilty pleasure is always his fiance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I feel like I know Emily a little bit. I feel like this is pretty in line. I'm on to you, Mason. I'm going to start <laughs> vetting your picks a little more. Uh, so yeah, next pick, Ben. You want to do this one? Oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> the most important pick of the day. Yep. All right, fine. So the next pick is from Louis Car- uh, King Louis Curran, excuse me. The first of his name, the Lord of Trash, the bringer of dishonor. <laughs> the and honorary third he- member of the show. <laughs> Sure, whatever. Um, (laughs) So he did send a Gmail to the boys, and Kevin so graciously wrote it down for me to read. And he says, Thank you for promoting me to the third member, and a special thanks to Ben for keeping my seat warm. My submission this week is I Am the Thorn by Cradle of Filth. I was introduced to this band in Algebra sophomore year, and it was the first Cradle of Filth album I bought from Wilmington's. Ooh, Wilmington. Um, It's heavy, it's melodic, and it (laughs) it makes your parents cry and worry about your soul. This definitely got a lot of play in my van. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool song. Um, so I, I think Kevin knows this, but like the super super heavy heavy metals like this aren't necessarily what I go to all the time. But I really like this one. There's always something in like Cradle of Filth or a few other artists like that that there's always at least one part of a song. I oh yeah, love and in this one it's the breakdown after the chorus where he's going. I am the dog. Yeah, like that's that, great. It's it's incredible. Like I will play it back just to listen to that part, like that twenty seconds of the song every time. It's long. It is long. <laughs> it is long. <laughs> but I really like it. Yeah. Uh, I'd never heard of this band. Uh, it's it's kind of like Job for a Cowboy. Like the name alone was enough for me to be scared away. <laughs> yeah. But then as I got older, I found my own version of this. You know, with metalcore and all mm-hmm. that, which I include later on. So it was cool to hear it because I remember seeing the name. And I was a little too young and a little too intimidated by it to, to really dig in. So it was cool to hear. Yeah, I actually, actually, Cradle of Filth is one of the first bands I ever saw live at OzFest 03. They were headlining the main stage, or second stage, I believe. And I was, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Um, but I really, really like this song. And it's like with most, like Ben was saying, with most metal bands like this, there's always something in the library that's going to fucking rock. Even if you don't like a lot of their stuff. They're going to hit gold that's going to be, you know, accessible at some point. And this is probably the most accessible Cradle Filth song I've listened to. And I've given them different shots over the years. And it's always like I'll hear something like this. I'm like, all right, hell yeah, let's go. And then I'll dig. I'm like, "Ah, not really for me. Uh, But 
it is a good song. So great pick, Louie. Uh, congrats on your promotion. We'll see how long it lasts. It depends on how good Bad knows in this. This uh, it, well, it, so to provide some context to the to this too for anybody that may not know, it Louie is one of my one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends. Um, I love him dearly, but I also hate his guts. He is my absolute arch right, arch nemesis in this world. So Louie, thanks for submitting, but I wish nothing but the worst for you. But I hope Jessica and Ian are doing just fine. Yeah, and the baby. And you know that's, what? That's Ian. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish, you know, he could have been here. We had to settle for Ben this week. We did have you know? to settle for Ben. Oh, I'm sorry, we, guys. We, <laughs> things with Louis fell through, so we had to settle for Ben. I'm going to try my best, I promise. <laughs> when the A team falls apart, you got to go for the B team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good pick. Um, you want to take the next one, Ben? Yeah, so the next one is uh, Faint by Linkin Park from one of my festival family. His name is Jason Smith. He's my Canadian brother from another mother. And uh, this is an amazing song. Um, I think the three of us discussed doing, well, no, we discussed doing Hybrid Theory, not Meteora, right. uh, during New Metal March. But, um, man, both of those albums are iconic. And Faint, to me, like immediately calls, calls me back to a time and place. Um, but it's an incredible song. And it's more middle school Benji than high school Benji. But, yeah, perfect. Perfect selection. I think Linkin Park is like the the perfect Venn diagram of all three of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, Linkin Park is just one of those like universally liked bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something in it for everyone. And even like the later stuff that some people don't really get into, you know, it still rocks. And there was an anniversary for Chester not too long ago, right? It was either his birthday or the anniversary of his death this week, I think, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember seeing it on Facebook from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Somebody posted his picture on Facebook. I was like, oh, he must have died or been born on this, this <laughs> week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Dill, don't you take this one? So one of my best friends, Ellie, she picked Obsessed, featuring Mariah Carey by Gucci Mane. I thought this was a Mariah Carey song. I might be mistaken. Maybe this is like a Gucci Mane featured song. I don't know. Either way. Love this song. I love Gucci Mane. He's one of the... Uh, he's kind of like Lil Wayne. He's got these little ticks where he's like, Gucci! <laughs> it's just always funny to me. Like Lil Wayne's like, ha! <laughs> they always make me laugh. And this weird song about Mariah Carey trying to diss on Eminem is always is always comical to me. Yeah, that's the real reason you like it, Dill. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah why, why is he so obsessed with her? Because well, she's looked like she's 20 for 30 years. Yeah. So... Uh-huh. I don't know. I thought the song was cool. It's it's one of those ones like it's funny, funny, and it's kind of like the song I picked that I ended up removing, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. It's like the novelty wears off very quickly. Yeah, no, I mean this song's fine to me. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those ones that I remember, and I you know I'll sing along to the the Mariah Carey part for sure. Um, yeah, it's fine. I like it. Don't have much else to say about yeah, it really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, um, it's definitely not my my brand of rap. I guess I'm a little bipolar when it comes to it. Um, but out of, out of respect for somebody's pick, I, I'm not going to say what I would have said about pick number five for you, Dill. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, ben, next two. Oh yeah. All uh, uh, right. So the next pick was is uh, my best friend Chad, um, and he picked "The Kids Aren't All Right" by The Offspring, which is off the legendary Americana album. Uh, it, it was massive back in the day, and uh, we used to bump this song in college back when it was actually Chad, Louie, and I that we, uh, we got together every Tuesday and smoked hookah and drank beers and listened to music. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it was such a great blast from the past to listen to this again, just oozing with nostalgia and oozing with quality music, too. Yeah, I always gave The Offspring a hard time because their lead singer has looked like he's 40 since he was 20, kind of the opposite Mariah Carey. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but the, the, the Offspring really did make some decent music. You know, even if you remove yourself from it, like, for about, what, 25, 20 years yeah. now at this point, yeah. it's... Uh, it, it's decent. Like I, I gave, like I listened to it a lot growing up. It was like you know one of my entry level bands was The Offspring, and once I grew up and I was like, oh no, fuck The Offspring. They were just you know poopy garbage. But then I listened to it back again. I was like, yeah, this is actually really good. They feel like more like a a, a gateway band. Yeah, um, like you're gonna go far, kid. Whatever you can toss it aside because most of the time the like most popular radio song is not gonna be the one people like. People want deep cuts, and this is not like. I would call a deep cut, but still a really good song from their from their catalog. And it, the Offspring is just one like, why do I need to listen to Offspring? I can listen to '96 Rock and hear them. <laughs> That's true. You know, uh, but yeah, I love this song. I love the Offspring. Yeah, I do too. And it's like I don't know. I need to go back and listen to them some more because they're like, if there was a guilty pleasure, if I believed in those, the Offspring might be one of them. I think the playlists are going to help us kind of rough like kind of shuffle things up and let us discover what kind of bands we want to dive into yeah. without just like picking ones that are important to us. Just ones that you and I probably need to get back into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I actually remember listening to this for the first time down in your room in the basement Yeah, with the water bed yeah. where we were listening to like this and lit and <laughs> lit. I had done it was awesome, dude. Yeah. Lit follows me on Instagram still. That's right. Dude. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. my claim to fame. That should be my Instagram bio. <laughs> it really should. Lit follows me. <laughs> Can we get them on Off the Beaten Closet? Yeah. yeah. We should do yeah. a Lit album and try to get them on. That'd be dope. And not bring up their one popular song. They had a few. No, they had a few. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, they had a few. Okay. I only know one. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> also, the next one is, uh, is another one of my uh, festival family, the esteemed Mr. Andrew Dahl. Um, and he chose Pain by Three Days Grace, which he says perfectly encapsulates his uh, both cross-country and uh, romantic life in high school. Um, so I, I remember this song. I didn't listen to it a whole lot back in the day, but um, yeah, I, I, like, I know Three Days Grace was one I kind of like flirted with, maybe starting to listen to, and then just, kind of, eh, it's not my vibe. Yeah, But I do like the song. It's... Uh, it does tell a cool story. I'll give it that for sure. Yeah. No, I didn't really have time to listen to this because it was a late submission. So, and I don't really know this song all that well. Um, I listened to it a little bit today, um, but no. I always associated Three Days Grace being like the hard rock Nickelback. <laughs> well, didn't, which Nickelback is a, apparently hard rock. I mean, they had Dimebag Daryl feature on one of their songs. That's uh, what yeah, everybody yeah. tries to tell me when they fucking try to make the case for Nickelback. The contrarians on the internet are going to try and tell you Nickelback is like. People are shit on Nickelback, but Nickelback actually kind of rocks. Yeah. And you're like, well, they write their own stuff, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it better. They got an album called Dark Horse. They're they're hard. They're heavy. Have you ever gotten into the deep cuts, man? <laughs> of Nickelback's deep cuts. Play Rockstar. Tell me you don't sing along to it. See, that's what that's actually why I will always have a soft spot for Nickelback in my heart because it is such great music to troll with. Yeah, I guess. Well, we were on uh, we. In Chad's bachelor party, we were doing like a brewery tour and uh, we just kept on playing like a few Nickelback songs and the bus driver just hated it. And you could tell he just did not want us to be playing that. Like everything else was pretty cool, but we, it, it was funny to us. So 
go. You're right there, Kevin. Yeah. You got to sneeze? You find no, sneeze? No, just uh, took a little bit bigger sip of that bourbon than I wanted to. Yeah. You got to pace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw it. I was like, ah, it's almost done. I'll just no, I'll just take the rest of it. Bad idea. What is it? What What's the proof on it? 128. Yep. Yeah, 128.3. It hurts. <laughs> uh, so, last pick. Kev? Uh, yeah, ZDP. Um, buddy of mine for years now. He's been mine and Ben's fantasy league that has been running for 20 plus years. I've been in it for 10 plus. Ben's been in it for, I don't know, what, eight years now? And probably, eight, yeah, eight to 10. Ben's like also the back to back championship, which really That's fucking right, pisses please. me off. Beat me in the championship game last year. Uh, you know, just massive bullshit, you know, whatever. But yeah, ZDP, great dude. Um, all the way from Hawaii, Hawaii. Uh, with this pick, it's called Get Back by Zebrahead. And I for, oh, forgot all about Zebrahead until ZDP <laughs> texted it to or responded to Ben's Instagram story uh, with this pick. And it's a great, great blast from the past for me because uh, ZDP is my best friend Adam's older brother's friend from high school. So I hung out with all these guys a lot. And we we listen to Zebrahead all the time in high school because of that. And this is just like it's a cool little guitar riff. It's kind of like ska reggae punk, I guess. I don't know. It's it's a weird weird mix. Yeah, yeah. we listened to it before, and I said it just sounds like ska new metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is a cool like that's not a sound you hear a whole lot. No, not really. Yeah, but it's fun to listen to. Like definitely, I, I did not know a whole lot about this, but it feels like I've heard it before when when he sent it to me. Um, and he says that he thinks it was on the original Tony Hawk, which that would make sense. It sounds like something that would be yeah. on the original Tony Hawk for sure. And he said, suck it back to back champ. So I'll send him a picture of the belt. <laughs> I'll send him a picture of the belt when I get back home. Uh, uh, we had one more submission. Um, no, I'm not even going to read that. I'll read it real fast. That song by Pitbull, I think, that says tonight like 40 times. <laughs> Who was that from? Thanks, Brett. Uh, one of my buddies. Um, thanks for being very specific. I think you nailed it. Honestly. I uh, really appreciate the input. <laughs> you really took the time and effort to uh, respond. So anyway, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, let's do Ben. He's okay. the one that did the intro. I think that's how we should do it. Okay. All right. So my first pick. There's 17 pages to these notes. I know. it's With three of us, it's like so much to scroll through. Um, but yeah, my first pick was is uh, Feel Good Inc. by The Gorillas. This song sucks. <laughs> just getting it out there early. <laughs> Bill, you just got to feel good, all right? Um, but Feel good. yeah, see, it's nice. Uh, but yeah, so this song, it, this was actually, it was not supposed to be my pick. I did not even think of this um, while I was trying to to figure out my spots. That this was like my last wild card spot. It was spot. It was probably gonna go light rock that still rocks hard, like Foo Fighters or Chili Peppers, uh, Collective Soul, something like that. Um, but we had a friend up uh, last weekend, and we ended up out at the bar for the first time in forever. And this came on randomly on the jukebox, and it blew my mind. Because I remember this album, Demon Days, it came out towards the end of my freshman year, and I blew the wheels off it. It's perfectly weird. It's super melodic, yet off-tempo. Um, this album and, and this song, it, it opened my eyes to brand new avenues of music. Um, and it, I know you don't love it so much, still. And, and so to that, like I didn't like all of it either with Gorillaz, but what I liked, I loved. And Feel Good Inc. was one of those that I love most, and it made it onto several of those old high school mixtape of mixtapes of mine, and it was always the intro. Yeah, uh, it, this song definitely it sets a scene. I, I have no idea what that scene is. My head cannon hasn't figured it out yet, but I got a deep dive coming soon with the gorillas, and I'm gonna figure it out. 
Go ahead. Okay, cool. I uh, said so this is one of the most iconic bass lines of like the last 30 years. Doom, 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 doom. Feel good. Doom, 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 doom. It's just, it's, it's just really, really good. It's, it's, it's undeni- it has undeniable pop appeal. It's strange and weird, uh, but it's constrained enough to be, it was a top 40 juggernaut. This was fucking everywhere, dude. And it's just, I, I don't know. There's something, you kind of have to give it up to it. I don't know. You just kind of have to bow to greatness at some point. Not that this song is like a great like song to be remembered, but the amount of radio play it got made it kind of that way. But I've also had a love-hate relationship with the Gorillas over time, and I think not listening to them forever and coming back to it after time made me really enjoy this song more. And it's just it's helped immensely by a great hook and like that goofy hip hop for the the verses. It's just this weird mix of I don't know, like Coldplay, because <laughs> it, it's it's kind of yeah. yeah. Well, that's the vocal. Who's the vocalist for the Gorillas? I forget. If you asked me ten years ago, uh, I don't know. But but he's very similar to that guy, and uh, it's 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 a like that and Nelly or something like that, <laughs> or like Big Boy or something like that. It's yeah. just, it's just a weird mix. So I don't know. It's good. I like this song a lot. Yeah, I don't have a lot of positive things to say, so I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. I just. <laughs> I always heard it on the radio. I'd seen the, the music video was always on when you turn yeah, on oh, Fuse yeah. Yeah. Um, back in the day. And it was just like, am I missing something? I was, I never understood it. It was like, why is this song popular? This song feels like, like music that would, you would hear when you're like on hold. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I it does. Kind of get that. Yeah. I see just, that. Totally. And it was just, I, I'm not trying to hate on your pick because I know I understand the significance and it is like a, like an objectively cool song. But just for me, it was like, why is this song on the radio? What? Who likes this? Yeah. I mean, who loves it? People can like it, yeah, but who sure, loves it? Sure. You know, and that's kind of how I was. Well, that's that's my thing, though. I, I love the weird shit. Like, and this they, they this just hits that perfect little pocket of weirdness. There's no real explanation to it. Like, you can't overthink it. It just it's just fun. It's got enough of like uh, electro sensibilities for it to make it like sense to me. Somebody that's been listening to that kind of stuff forever. Um, but it's, and it's got a little like rap breakdowns here and there, uh, that sinister little Mac, that, that sinister little laugh that gets mixed in just kind of carries the song along. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just, it's really cool to me every time I hear it and I can't explain it either. So, I mean, I got weird picks coming up, so yeah, well, whatever. I, yeah I can't hate. So you want me to go next or do you want to go next? You can go next. Okay. Let's, go that's, ahead. that's how the scrolling works is me next. So okay. let's just do it <laughs> yeah, that way. That's fair. I don't want you to scroll too far. That's yeah, you might get lost. I'll get to tennis elbow by the end of this, dude. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my first pick is Roses by Outkast, and I could have chosen anything from Stankonia. I really considered it because I love that album, but I had to go with Roses. It's, um, I forget, Speaker Box and like, Love Songs, I think, or something like that is the name of the album. Uh, the Love Blow. The Love Blow, yeah. There you go. Thank you, Ben. You got it. And so, see, this is this is the thing that'll this get you back to number for, three. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's just perfect songwriting. Like, Outkast, like... In the like early aughts, they couldn't be touched. They were in a different stratosphere than anybody in the rap game at that point. And they just this is a perfect like example of Andre 3000's genius in songwriting and, and lyric writing and storytelling, really, because this tells the story. And I, on the way over here, Ben and I were listening to it. I was like, I want to know who this song's about. I want to know this crazy bitch, this stupid ass bitch, this dumbass bitch. <laughs> old dumbass bitch. Old dumbass bitch. <laughs> 
that this song is about because she got fucking dragged. This might be the like best diss track of all time, and we don't even know who it's about. I mean, I'm sure they've talked about it, but it's it's great. It's it's funny on the surface, but there's like like I said, there's a transcendent genius that changed hip hop forever. Uh, and uh, Outkast did that through like their first three albums. Like they just changed the scene. Like they brought Southern rap to the forefront and. Guys like Tyler the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt, and Childish Gambino, who we talk about a lot on this episode, owe a lot to Outkast and Andre 3000 for just making it okay to be weird in hip hop. And it's, it, I don't know. It's just something that I'm, to me, Andre 3000 is the best of all time, bar none. Yeah, we talk about that quite a bit. And this is, this is proof why. Yeah. This song is, <laughs> it's so weird. And I remember even when I was like 11. I couldn't download this song on LimeWire fast enough. Like, yeah. This song was so cool. And, you know, this was the kind of stuff that was on the radio, and I felt very fortunate even back then. Like, even though the, you know, the crazy bitch part got taken out at the very yeah. end, yeah. which is, like, my favorite part It's so now. funny when Big Boy comes in with the, the parts in the end, the crazy bitch. Dumbass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just, like, there's so much to this song that makes it so fun, and yeah. it makes it, it seems lighthearted, but really he's just like, he's dragging this chick down the road. Well, that's, there's the part where he's like, crash, crash, crash into a ditch. Just, just playing. playing. It's so funny, dude. It's so, so funny. I don't know. There's there's an, there's an anger there, but it's a playful anger. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's only kind of anger you can have unless you're on the other side of, of the anger. <laughs> that's right. It's, I bet he wrote that and someone was like, hey, man, that's kind of dark. And he's like, I'll just say just playing. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, then it's fine." Oh, shit, <laughs> he was joking, guys. <laughs> it's just playing. <laughs> He's just joshing. What you got, Ben? Oh, man, Outcast. Hey, what can I say? Like, what can I really say about this song that hasn't already been said? It, it bangs. It's it's definitely like a masterclass song. Um, like, there's like you were saying, it's it's got this transcendent appeal of. Hey, can you really do better than that? Yeah. Like, can you make a song more entertaining, but also has a great flow? Um, it, it tells a story. Like, all the you check all the boxes here. Check them all. Uh, phenomenal song. Yeah. I mean, think about the context of what Outkast put out. Uh, Rosa Parks, Bombs Over Baghdad, yeah. uh, Hey Ya. Like, just hit after hit after hit after hit. And they were all good, like, legitimately good. Gen- they were all genius too and this is i think this is the the cream of the crop of that that time for outcast and it's just a shame that they had to break up i mean andre did some cool stuff like he did like the Idlewild soundtrack is incredible but i don't know i mean i miss having someone like andre on the forefront again i remember i text you when i put my picks together and i was like i really want to put the international what's what's the song international, international Player. players anthem yeah yes because you know I got your back like I'm real prac. I say that like <laughs> – I used to say that all the time in high school. Um, yeah, you guys got any, anything more for no, Rosa? There was, there was yeah, just there's... a lot of really hard hip-hop cuts for me here because there was some great hip-hop in my in my high school years for sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's just Rose Tinted Goggles more than likely, but there really was some great hip-hop back yeah. in the day. The early 2000s were really good. So mm-hmm. Roast in the Goggles? Rose Tinted? Rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> Roasting the goggles. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I wasn't sure where you're going with that. <laughs> the first time we make a off the beaten cleft t-shirt is just going to be glasses that are rose tinted because I think we say that in uh, uh, cacophonous. Cacophonous. Quite. We haven't said <laughs> yeah. cacophonous in a while. 
We we're, we're breaking out of our own memes here. There I still go. want to make oh, that yeah, goofy Gustav I printed up. <laughs> you, you guys don't have palate. You can't really have palate cleansers on the playlist. Either. Oh shit, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And how it plays like cohesively as a unit. <laughs> yeah. I guess we could, but that'd be a lot of time. Yeah. We're already at a half hour. Well, Damn. fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. This yeah. is our own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this song, so go. Uh, first song I have is So Much Love by The Rocket Summer. This song encapsulates who I was as a freshman in high school because I don't know if we talk about it very often, but I was the sappiest little boy in the world. And I guess you no. can tell just by listening to... If you've listened to any podcast no. from me, you know I'm just the sappiest of the saps. And I was worse 15 years ago. Yeah, And this song is just like so happy like how's this dude so happy and he plays all the instruments which i'm always a huge fan of so i think he plays everything but the saxophone in this song but it reminds me of like the first time you're like holding hands with a girl or a girl like rests her head on your shoulder or like just like the little first moments and then like you're like playing it cool and then as soon as you get in the car with your parents you're like putting your ipod in and this song plays and it's just like the whole world is okay. Everything is great. It does have kind of like that Scott Pilgrimish feel to it, doesn't yes. it? Yes. And it's just like the saxophone at the very end, I, I can't say enough of how that makes me feel. Like this song could bring me from the brink. If I was like, I'm about to end it all, someone's like, wait, wait, wait. And they played this song, I'd be like, all right, one more day. I got one more day in me. I could do it. It it reminds me of like the same way you make my dreams come true mm-hmm. in the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's how this song makes me feel. Yeah, I love that. I song. just want to like so walk down the street with like a big orchestra behind me and be like, "Da yeah, she said she loved me. Let's fucking go." <laughs> um, but yes, I love this song, and it just like it reminds me of being so young and innocent, and like just like experiencing those kind of feelings for the first time was awesome. So wait, was, uh, was mirror selfie deal deal before or after you heard this song? <laughs> this was after I heard that's that selfie was after. Okay. That was like junior year. Okay. So you were a junior in that picture. Yeah. I was a little guy. <laughs> I thought I saw cow. just a little glint of hope in there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there was still hope in those eyes. <laughs> uh, what do you got on this one, Ben? Uh, this one's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, this like this is definitely something I wouldn't have been caught dead listening to yeah. in high school. I was too hard and too cool as I side eye my picture of Freddie Mercury over here. But uh, but allow me to jump on a bandwagon late uh, because like you guys bo- like have both said this this podcast has been great for like learning to enjoy other people's musical tastes yeah. and uh, this song in particular. It's instantly fun. It, it becomes beautiful. And then it just keeps momentum the whole time. And the the lyrics, like to me, like it just oozes high school. Like yeah. you're right. Like that first, that first time you really feel it. Like the first time you feel like, is this love? Like that's that's what it reminds you of. Um, and a great epic sax part always helps. Oh yeah. God, I love some sexy sax man. I just imagine it's the guy from the meme that comes on and plays saxophone and all these at the end of all these songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I wrote, this is like if a Sarah Bareilles was a, was a little bit more hard rock and, and, and also a guy. And I, I mean, that's really what it sounds like to me. And that's not a bad thing. Cause I love Sarah Bareilles and it's just so happy and bouncy from second, literally second one. There's this song immediately puts a smile on your face. And Ben and I were like singing this at the top yeah. of our lungs on the oh, absolutely. Like yeah. the, that chorus is so so good and it's so happy and I just can't you this to me it's like bluegrass you can't listen to the song and not be happy 
you do, then you're an alien or you're a robot. This is like the uh, the test from Blade Runner. Play this song. If you don't react, then you're a fucking android. <laughs> Time to die. Uh, it's so uh, it, it's just I could I wrote I could see a happy couple just swaying and dancing around this in their their house by themselves while they're cleaning on like a Sunday afternoon. That's kind of what it makes me feel like, and I think. You, we're all kind of describing like different parts of just being happy in a relationship. And I think that this song perfectly encapsulates that in the cheesiest, but most satisfying way. And I, you know, I, I love it. I, I am going to continue to listen to this song for a long time just because it is, it's happy. And I like being happy. It's why I listen to music because it makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It, it made it, it made it onto a couple of my playlists. I was so unsure of that song too. I was like, there's no way they're going to like this one. Cause That's, it's so, it. so sweet. It's like saccharine sweet. Yeah. That shit's going to give you a cavity if you listen to it too long. <laughs> but it's still like, it's so genuine. It feels like yeah, it's you the, know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, we, it, it, it's You can immediately tell that this guy was feeling that. It's awesome. It's the first song I texted you about this week, about this playlist. Like, I fucking love this song, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I know nothing about this artist. I don't think I've ever even heard of him. Not many who is like the Rocket Summer? Yeah, he, like, he just started making music again. Um, but he was pretty popular back in like the early to mid 2000s and he was always making his own music and I don't know why he stopped but he just released an album a year or two ago maybe around the first uh, government shutdown so I think I really like the new stuff it's not as happy as this like this was I mean how can you be in your early 30s (laughs) as you were in your early (laughs) 20s but um, yeah that it's just one of those like bands that if you don't keep tabs on you can't like kind of appreciate where they progress to. Right. You ready for your second pick, Ben? Indeed I am. So my second pick is Ready for Love by Mindless Self-Indulgence. And man, this the, this whole MSI thing is it's it's so hard to take notes on, but this song kicks ass. I've listened to this and Critical Acclaim so many times, like dozens in this last week because I just can't possibly get enough. Um Industrial uh, industrial comedy rock, I guess, sure. is hard to explain, but but trust me, it is fun as hell to listen. Don't they to. call it like piss rock or something like that? I mean, who knows? Well, it, I mean, it, the lead singer's name is Jimmy Urine. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it's MSI is very much out to offend, and I love music that puts you in the mindset of a madman. Um, like that's why I love Eminem so much, uh, and I think you have heard you say at least you like the early stuff. But, um, but yeah, MSI does that very easily and they're hilarious. They're, uh, they rock hard. Uh, there's a lot that can be said about their music with, with them never really taking it seriously. Um, there are a couple others I consider for this or kill the rock, which is not about killing rock and roll. It's yeah. about, uh, killing some crack cocaine and masturbates which is about what it sounds like um but musically also, that song's incredible i'd submit like planet of the apes or planet Kill, of the apes Kill, i hate jimmy page as well yeah great i hate song. jimmy page is a great song um that whole freaking album is amazing i think it's 30 songs but it's 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 a 45 minute album yeah. it's that that's that's yeah. remarkable yeah that's right um, up your alley yeah. that's punk rock baby <laughs> dude i'm telling dill i really think you would like msi like the the lyrics, like the lyric, the way he delivers the lyrics in this song, Mister Urine, uh, it, like it's desperate, it's sarcastic, it's clingy, and it's hilarious, uh, and it also rocks hard. I, I think this this song is as close to as masterclass as MSI can get because I I don't think you 
can really do this song or this style perfectly. That, that's impossible. Well, it's their it's their own thing. So yeah, it's like saying Blink One Eight Two's Masterclass. Like yeah. even their best is still like well, Adam's song maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We could we we could have a whole discussion. About there might Blink. be a Blink One Eight Two draft coming up. Ooh, that's interesting. Because we listened to Damn It on the way over here, and I was like, "Fuck, this song rocks, dude! I fucking love Blink, dude! Yeah. I love Blink, love Blink." Anyway, uh, back to MSI. God, that <laughs> might be next week. Okay, yeah, I'm fucking on the train. All right, sorry. What were you saying? Uh, I don't even know. Um, I think the only other thing I had to say was it, it always cracks me up that their guitarist's name is Steve Kamo Rai. Because and the the story is literally a, a, a fan or somebody that just saw a show came up to him after and said, "Hey, you're Steve, right?" <laughs> and that just became his name. That's great. He loved it, so he's like, "Fuck yeah!" yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you so, go ahead, but, yeah, right, Kev. Uh, yeah, so no, I love put MSI as well. This is a this is a legacy band from my older brother to me, then to Ben. Uh, and we we all love MSI, and it's it, they're they're the post. I love MSI because they are the poster boys for the weird kids, and I'm not just talking any weird kids. I'm talking the ones that wore cat ears and all black in high school. Those weird kids, the ones that you know, they would like do weird shit in the hallway. Like they would just really make out hard in the hallway, and it would really make everyone uncomfortable. Those weird kids. I think I mentally associate them with ICP. Yeah, same same kind of vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I was like four or less friends away from being one of those kids, so I really, <laughs> I really love <laughs> MSI is really, really my jam here. So if there would have been a sale on some black cargo pants, you would have been there <laughs> in a chain wallet. Yeah, yeah dude. A chain wallet. Like I sure. said, I was like, I wasn't that far away from being these these kids because a lot of what they listen to and like is very much what I like. So thanks for people liking me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're abrasive on purpose and they want you to feel uncomfortable. So Chad's and Karen's need not apply. You know, if you're a, your stereotypical jock or cheerleader, uh, you're going to hate this. And they, there's that's, they don't want you to like it. It's great. They, they actively yell at their fans at their shows. Uh, it's just really, they're really cool, man. They're, they're like Ben was talking about their songs are super short, almost like jarringly short sometimes there are some that are like 45 minutes to or 45 seconds to a minute long and there's a lot of them they're not just like skits these are like songs that they make uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs is like 36 40 minutes seconds long it's just it's fucking awesome it's just so weird and it, it, it defies nature and i think that's why i love msi and this song in particular it's like a it's like looking at a gruesome murder scene but also seeing like the beauty in it and finding it incredibly interesting that's what listening to msi is like it's like oh wow this is actually kind of (laughs) cool so i don't know msi is weird and i think people that like msi it's it's always funny when you find somebody randomly that likes msi as well because then you have a whole lot more to talk about all of a sudden yeah, close your eyes and picture Dick's Last Resort as a band. And we got yeah, it. That's actually perfect. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> pretty much true. Yeah, that's great. But I, I think I texted you guys in the group chat and I said, this sounds like electro pop corn. Yeah. Just the vocal delivery and everything just gave me corn vibes. And, you know, I, I knew prior to hearing this song, I knew MSI meant a lot to you guys. So I tried to give it a fair shake. And I love the creepiness. They're... 
it almost feels like new metal. And I think every time we listen to like one singular new metal song, I'm like, you know what? I kind of miss new metal. Yeah. I'm kind of ready for new metal march. <laughs> yeah. Is it almost new metal march again? No. But <laughs> it's not. No. No, it isn't. <laughs> we haven't taken enough showers. I'm, since the, I'm the new metal guy, too. I fucking love new metal. And I don't, I don't I, ever I want to do a new metal, metal march too, again. Yeah. No? No Never way, again? dude. No, we're doing metal march next time. Okay. That's fair. I was thinking about, I was literally thinking about this the other day. Like, I don't, oh, I can't fucking do new metal for another month. <laughs> we got to uh, do just, we got to do just metal yeah, March. That's so fair. we can expand it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. We did get all the kind of the cringy stuff out of the way though. Cause there is some bands that I missed like Deftones and Static X that I really want to talk we about. We never did a Lincoln Park one. Yeah, never did Lincoln Park. Park. For sure. So maybe, yeah, we'll do a new metal March again. You could convince me by I'm March. glad you're back. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love them bringing the heat. And then they tell this whole song is basically about them telling their fans to fucking suck it up. Yeah, you get what yeah. you get and don't throw a fit. And I like, <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not self serving. I'm not in the studio. Like, what do the fans want to hear? Like, fucking, they get what they get. <laughs> it's, it's like, a, it's, it's like a grandma at Thanksgiving. I don't like that grandma. Shut up. <laughs> You're getting your green beans and you better eat every drip. <laughs> So, yeah, I love this song. Is that, is that Grandma's casserole? Casserole. <laughs> I better see you eat that green bean casserole. <laughs> Print that T-shirt. That might be a line somewhere from the side. Oh man, but no, you're right. It's uh, it's like I said earlier. They actively like fuck with their fans while they're performing. It's awesome. Yeah, I actually saw them live. Yeah, I was supposed to be at that show and I yeah. decided not to go. So yeah, I think why I think you not going was why we ended up. So I went with Chad, and we brought his like super Christian girlfriend at the time, and we ended up bringing her sister as well because you couldn't go, and it it just it just ruined it. <laughs> like course. I love the show, but we had to like stand back in this like little corner, like we couldn't really see anything. So I was just sitting here, kind of like rocking out to the music, but. I, Thanks a lot, Kevin. Yeah, sorry, man. I still I think about that all the time. I was like, man, I fucking should have been at that show. Oh well. But it's it's hard to get a it's it's really really hard to get a, a feel for what you have to expect coming for MSI by listening to one song. Yeah. Bill. Um, you got to listen to all of Frankenstein Girls. Yeah, Frankenstein it's songs, but it's gonna go quick. The full title is Frankenstein Girls Are Strangely Sexy, and it's a picture of some strangely sexy Frankenstein girls on the mm. front. So. Yeah, it's such sold. Music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know what I'm working out to tomorrow. There you go. Uh, are we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Next pick. Speaking of new metal, System of a Down, BYOB. This is from the Toxicity album, which is another album that I'd. Is it, it's off Toxicity, right? Uh, no, this off Mesmerized. That's right. Uh, I got that completely wrong. I apologize. Um, but no, it's a great, great fucking song. This was uh, System of a Down at their peak. The Hypnotize and Mesmerize were they were revolutionary for the time just for my own listening and this was this first if not the first single one of the first singles off those albums i think Um, it was the first yeah i think so too but like system of downward they were like a perfect mix of political discourse crazy strong structure structure and like just good solid metal like they weren't i don't even want to call them new metal because they're not really even though they have some rap elements here and there they're more akin to like rage against the machine and not just because of their political discourse, but just the way they kind of construct their songs in more of a like hip hoppy, but not new metally way. Uh, it's and it's, it's, I don't know. There's just something about this song and the way Surge sings it. Surge is maybe my favorite vocalist in like metal hard rock of all time. 
there's he's just so unique you, you've never heard anybody like Serge before and I don't think we'll ever hear anything like him again as the dog, dog skittered down the hallway <laughs> <laughs> um but no it's just I think he really is the secret sauce that really kind of held system of down together and um once they he kind of started to take a back seat I think that's kind of where it started to fall apart yeah. and Unfortunately, because I don't hate Darren stuff. That's his name, right? Yeah. Um, Malakian. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Malakian? You got it right somewhere in there. I don't know. We'll just merge it all together into one blob and Mm -hmm. it'll be right eventually. There you go. But it's just, I don't know. There's just something about this song. I think it's still you feed us lies from the devil goth. Just something about that is just so perfectly delivered by that little breakdown. And then the la 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 la. Is that him that does the fry vocals? Yes. No, no, no. That's Darren, I believe. Okay. Like Blast Off, It's Party Time? Yeah, that's Darren. That shit's awful. Yeah. Objectively. No, I don't like that. I mean, I like that part. But I think that kind of illustrates why I like Surge so much better because when he comes back in during that part, it kind of brings it all back together and brings it like, whereas like Darren kind of is like the bomb going off. BYOB is bring your own bombs, by the way. Um, But when Surge comes back in, it kind of sucks everything back in and it kind of makes it cohesive again. And I, I don't know. It's just really good. It's for a song that basically calls the president a pussy for not fighting his own wars. Uh, it's really catchy, and that's <laughs> it's, it's a feat in and of itself. So um, I'll let you guys speak on this, but I, I fucking I love System of a Down so much. Yeah, I I heard this song in junior high, so I didn't realize how political it was. And uh, the chorus is so catchy that it makes you almost think he's talking about like a party. Yeah, like bring your own beer. You're so if you just hear the chorus, you're like, oh, this is like a party song. That's cool. But everything else kind of leads to what you were talking about, like. It's super political, and I yeah. I never picked up on that, and I really love how fucking chaotic this song is. You, you didn't pick up on, why don't presidents fight the wars? Why do they always send the poor when they say that a million times? You know, when I was in seventh grade, it, I wasn't thinking about... Fair enough. I'm just... I'm, I just wanted to hear, like, something cool, crazy. Cool shit, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just giving you So, yeah. <laughs> It might have bounced in one ear out the other. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, it. I think it kind of allowed... System of, System of a Down allowed other bands to like be this experimental and yeah. be like, hey, you don't have to do a normal song structure. This song is all over the place. And a lot of the songs we're going to get into later are, are very set up the same way. And I don't want to give System of a Down too much credit, but I think it can be said that, you know, they didn't abide by any rules. No, I mean, like I said earlier, this is a revolutionary album for the time. Nothing sounded like it and really ever since. So well, that's it's crazy how big it got like how big byob was specifically this is like you're talking about that verse with darren where he's like that people don't listen to that on the radio at least they didn't but all of a sudden byob comes out and they do um it's a testament to to system of a down and one thing I can guarantee is that this this will be triggering. At, at, what is this? My third deep dive, but yeah. I definitely have a system of a down deep dive coming very soon. Uh, every album, I think there's five over their phenomenal eight year career. It, eight years. Yeah, they did this much music. Um, it's too critical to my musical identity to not have them represented on my personal playlist. So, and BYOB specifically is it's iconic to this era of hard rock metal hybrids that I love so dearly. Um, like I, I will put, I would put Avenged Sevenfold at 
we'll talk about here in a little bit in that same category of like that hard rock metal hybrid um, that got really big in this era. Like you can talk about disturbed. I think that's kind of the other end of the scale more towards the hard rock, whereas system of downs more towards the metal, but, um, but I love that era and surge and Darren, both, they work together so well on this song. Yeah. It, one is like going wild. One's bringing things back down. Then they come together and they both do the same thing and, and push the song further. It just makes me so sad going back and listening to this, that they couldn't work it out. Uh, artistically because there is so much more hard ass music to be had here. Yeah. I even like Serge's uh, his, so first his solo, solo album. So good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's for, it's solo, yeah, it's really good. Um Scars Off Broadway's first album was okay. It was fine. Yeah. It was just System of Down without Surge essentially. Pretty much. So, yeah. Which made it not as good. Yeah. <laughs> just immediately. Exactly. So my second pick, it must really suck to be four years strong right now by four years strong. Well, what a song title, but uh, this song says, I want to go fast, and Four Years Strong, whatever pocket of the world you want to consider them, those motherfuckers went the fastest, and they're they're good at two things. They're good at like synchronizing drums and guitar, and they're good at syncing up vocals, because you honestly wouldn't know there's two different singers yeah. unless someone told you. I didn't know until I'd seen a live performance. And they were called like beard core for the longest time because everyone in their band had beards. But, um, you know, they they are so refined and being in sync is just not easy. This isn't the yeah. first album song. And, you know, it was just a very good blend of what I was into at the time. It was breakdowns, fast music and pop punk. And it's kind of a perfect blend of all those yeah. things. Yeah, no, it's a it's a classic neck breaker, man. It's 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 musical whiplash for sure. And, uh, you know, it's just. I really loved it, like from the first, because it kind of tickles that little uh, metal itch on the bottom of my balls there. <laughs> like I really, I really, it just there's something about it. It's just really it gets you in the right spot, and it's like, ooh, ooh hey, okay, that's new. And uh, I really, really liked it. It's just, I think you're right. You hit it right on the nail on the head with the drums. The drums are incredible mm-hmm. in this song. They're just, it's like playing to the beat of a machine gun. Like just playing, just firing off some Brownings in the background. It's just, just you know, all right, cool. Let's fucking make a song off this, and it's. It works, man. And it's really aggressive. And I think that's the secret sauce to this, sauce to this is just they, it's just all out aggression. And I, I, I appreciate that in all of its forms. It's not the most uh, beautiful and uh, serene thing in the world, but there's something to be said about just f- fuck it. Guns up. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. And that's what this <laughs> song is. And uh, yeah, man, I, I love it. So yeah, I'll, I'll toss it off to Ben here. It took, us, it took us a while to get sexual there this time. Did it? Uh, yeah, I guess that's we're almost true. an hour in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the first thing I wrote down for this was two Dylan Dingers right in a row, knocking it right out of the park, bub. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's about struggling to find your place as artists. Maybe the song um, title is actually from an article in one of the alt press, something yeah. like that. It, the last line in the in the article was like, it must really suck to be four years strong right now. And they're like, sweet, we'll turn that yeah, into our, our next funny. single. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I was I was really actually glad the first time I listened to this when you put it on the, the playlist still because it actually did remind me of one of the songs that I was very close to picking for Avenged Sevenfold. That might surprise you given uh, I saw your notes on my Avenged pick, but um, that was Trashed and Scattered off City of Evil by Avenged. Uh, this song is is not quite as heavy, and it's much more condensed uh, condensed than Trashed and Scattered is. But it's got 
that similar similar formula of just kind of running through tempo changes in the instrumental and it's all carried out by the drums just laying down fire and then restriction and fire and then who knows what else um it was really it's a really really cool listen i I really like this um and i I had to write down the lyric uh because i think this song does tell a story um about trying to find yourself a little bit like your groove or whatever it is for them uh but since your head is in the clouds the best advice i found is don't look down and i thought that was really powerful Uh, i think it's at the end of the chorus but Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and it leads in perfectly to that don't look yeah down i remember i was going to like grad parties or something like that because it was like late in my high school career and me and my buddy just like loved that breakdown because it's just like the song is going so fast and the breakdown just like it's like a fast head head bang yeah it breaks your neck dude yep so yeah that's a good little segue for your next song here man. yeah actually uh worked out that way um man i love this era it's critical acclaim uh by avenge sevenfold off their Avenged Sevenfold album. And man, I love this era of Avenged Sevenfold so much. It was really, really hard for me to pick. Which one off the City of Evil, which is their album before this, um, and Avenged Sevenfold. They both came out while I was in high school and it dominated most of my time alone in the car, whether it was the Blue Meanie or whatever of the 10 iterations of Grand Prix (laughs) Kevin and I went through and destroyed. Um, and I narrowed it down to this and Trashed and Scattered. Uh, and the reason for Trashed and Scattered, I think you should give that one a chance still. Like, I think you might like the deep cuts from Avenged. Um, the Rev. Jesus, On that song. He just goes nuts the whole time. Um, but if you don't, like, listen for it, you're not going to hear it. But between the two, the deciding factor was I vividly remember hearing this one on the radio for the very first time, like in high school, and it blew my mind. Uh, And this is the best song on the album, I think. I think it's actually a masterclass Avenged Sevenfold song. It starts off slow, and then M Shadows just explodes with a scream, and critical acclaim never looks back. It's a bitterly angry song, and it seems it's about, uh, a lot of people think it's about like specifically... um, like saying fuck you to people that talk shit about soldiers or whatnot. But I think it's it it's just about the inherent evil of society's upper crust. And that's pretty cool and metal and all, but it's really the musical talent of Shadows, The Rev, and the rest of Avenged Sevenfold that really shines here. They're at their best when they're just shifting through tempos like this. And man, it's it's a wild ride. And I just love that line that introduces the different segments. Shh, quiet, you might piss somebody off. and then it explodes it's got like a slash type solo almost like it's not like the most technically advanced solo it's not the hardest um but it is perfect for the song so there's 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 a lot to this to unpack but um at the end of the day i i'll keep listening to it probably for the next couple weeks and love it every single time yeah and that's where the good things about this song (laughs) head because both Dylan and i don't really like it that much that's fine and dandy yeah that's, that's fine and that's, that's what why i had show, to take my time and gush because that's, that's what the show is about right no, i'll let you go first yeah i i have my preconceived notions of avenge sevenfold and that's it's another one of those things like they i mentally associate them with like radio rock yeah like this is what the 45 year old males want you to think is hard rock and that's not fair because those are always like the most popular songs but I really like this song. I thought 
um, you know, after getting through my deep reservations and like starting in being like, mm, do I really want to listen to the Vinge Sevenfold right now? And then I like would skip it and then I'll come back to it. Yeah. Once I finally listened to it all the way through, I was like, you know what? This is fun. And the lyrics are pretty cool. I, I took them as, you know, support the troops. So it's kind of like a, a hoorah song about supporting the troops and it almost felt like a like a heavier Rage Against the Machine. Sure. The song specifically. Um, so I I was just kind of trying to fight through my own bias to to get through this song. Yeah. And I know you guys have your same things with My Chemical Romance later on. Yeah. It's like the things that surround the band end up being more important than the actual music. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think Avenge really suffered from a lot of people discovering them from Guitar Hero. Yeah. Maybe. I just but that's associate. a fucking great song, though. It is. It is. But <laughs> I associate them with like the kids that were kind of posers wearing the yes. have full t-shirts. Yes, yeah. I get that. Like affliction tees and stuff like that. They, they they kind of appeal to that base pretty heavily. But that doesn't. That's not to say like, I really like Avenged Sevenfold. There's a lot of Avenged Sevenfold that I really, really love. But Ben and I have gotten in a lot of arguments, like heated debates about Avenged Sevenfold and about what parts of Avenged Sevenfold are good. Um. I hate the lyrics in this song. <laughs> I think they're cringy as fuck, man. Like it feels very like that's my problem with a lot of uh, Avenged is that it, it borders on whiny a lot for me. Yeah. And but I get why people would like it. Like I'm not saying like that's that's what it is. It's just that's what it sounds like to me. And that that spoken word part makes me want to punch babies. I hate I hate whenever he does spoken word in this song because it's just it feels so forced. It doesn't feel authentic, and I think that's the problem I have with a lot of Avenged stuff is that when they do stuff like that, like I, I it, just play awesome music. Don't try yeah. it, it; feels very try hard to me. But that doesn't take away from the sound. The rest of this song is fucking awesome. Like I, I really do love the way this song sounds. If you take those spoken word parts out, I really would. I would love it, like this song a lot more. Um, but they remind me in ways like Coheed and Cambria. Not that they're way better than Coheed. But Kohi had so much potential to be really good. They just didn't ever do it. And I think I feel the same way, like personally about Avenged Sevenfold. Again, I'm, I'm getting caught in that trap like, oh, they're not making music for me, so they must be bad. That's not the case because I do like a lot of Avenged Sevenfold. I like them a lot, and you know this too, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, it's why we have so many heated debates about like what Avenged Sevenfold actually is. Are they hot or rock? Are they metal? Are they somewhere in between? And I think they're somewhere in between, we're leaning more towards metal a yeah. lot of the times. Uh, you know, I, I, I wrote, this is I wrote this. I think this is kind of harsh. I don't really agree with this. It's like at the end of the day, I don't. I'm embarrassed to listen to them with the windows down. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think oh, I will roll all four of those windows so <laughs> far down. You don't even know. I, I don't know. It, it, I, maybe I'd roll them back up for the uh, spoken word, yeah, but, but for he, the rest he, of it, we'll, I would we'll roll them back down. That's fine. Uh, it's just there's something so cringy about that, and it almost it it it's a lot of times it ruins. Not it comes close to ruining Avenged Sevenfold for me. So I have a very very love hate relationship with Avenged because the, they do make great music. Like their their guitar player is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's world class. Yeah, and and the Rev is my favorite drummer ever. Yeah, like and. The drums are the one thing that I always like. I always have to work harder to to listen to and mm-hmm. notice, I guess, more than the other instruments. But I never have to work for for the rev because it's all natural. And man, I so he he passed away after after this album while they're recording their next one. Um, so they didn't get a ton more music out of him. And to me, like that was that was the end of Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. The next the next album was amazing, uh, but after that, meh, because they kind of they kind of lost their soul. I think. Yeah. 
um, because they all kind of like they all kind of co-write and they all kind of co-collaborate. Uh, every single one of them has been featured on vocals. Uh, it's actually the Rev that does the chorus in this song. Um, so, and I think the way that they do it that uh, is hard to hear unless you really listen to it is even those cringy parts. I totally get it. Yeah, they are kind of cringy, especially that spoken word. But they're smart about it. Sure, like the, it still means something. Like they they are doing that to tell a part of the story. So for me, that works. Yeah, and for me, it doesn't. So yeah. that it's t- totally fine. Music is a, at its core a very personal thing, and uh, yeah, no, it doesn't make it a bad song. It's just, and again, it's not a bad song. There's just parts of it that I just really makes me want to punch babies. And that's and that's okay. <laughs> uh, so is it time for number three for me? It is. Yes. All right. I feel like we're flying right along now. <laughs> Hour and a half in, we're on song number three. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so next for me is Mine Hurts Brent, um, Brent, as the lead singer from Ramstein would say it. Uh, this I gotta th- I thank Louis for this one because he sent me on a Ramstein deep sty- dive after uh, Mind Tile, and I, I, I fucking love Ramstein, man. I list I listen to them so so much. Ever since I first heard Du Host way back in the day, as like a, a suckling babe, I uh, I knew I, I knew I liked this band. There's just something about German metal that's just so much cooler than everything else in the world at the time when you're listening to it. It's just, it's because German is a, it's a harsh, very masculine language. And to hear it in the scope of metal, it just fits. It's like Norwegians and death metal. They just kind of just go together like uh, cookies and cream or <laughs> was it berries and cream? <laughs> uh, Sorry, that's an obscure commercial reference from like 2007 or Google some it. shit like that. Google it. Yeah, it, it's a great commercial. It fits with the uh, the theme of this podcast. That's right. Uh, but no, I played the wheels off this album when it first came out. And it's it, it in large part to this opening track, Mine Hurts Brent. Because it, it starts off slow, but as soon as it comes in, it goes, Mine Hurts Brent. And then you hear the, the, the yes, the chorus, the string hits come in. It's like, oh shit, okay. This is epic. And that's... that. Uh, Ramstein does epic better than a lot of other metal bands do. You really have to get into like power metal and like symphonic black metal, which, you know, spoiler alert, we're getting into very soon to kind of find this and this level of like epicness. I don't know how else to describe it other than that. And it, but what it did for me, this album was showed that they kind of grew out of their very industrial, almost nine inch nail ish like roots, uh, which was very, you know, very German. To, to do you know if you, you've seen like any old skits from mike myers on uh, snl they make fun of germans for liking their their techno <laughs> they're very electronic they're they're discotheques and all that um but anyway back to on topic here uh, mine hurts sprint means my heart burns in german and i looked up what it actually meant what the song was actually talking about and it's about uh scaring children with nightmares which is a very German thing to do. And I think the first line is like, let me tell you a tale while I rip out my heart and set it next to you <laughs> or something like that. That's sweet. And it's about like demons in your nightmares. It's fucking weird. I bet Dwight Schrute plays this for his kids <laughs> to <laughs> like discipline them. <laughs> yeah, he just he actually just does a spoken word version of this. He just sits down and says, mine hurts, Brent. <laughs> while Angela comes out with the strings. <laughs> She's got a little violin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I can just see myself 
see because the lead singer i think was an olympic athlete at one point or at least he's he's a huge human being he's in very good shape but i could just imagine him standing over me and yelling about demons and nightmares like in me clutching like this threadbare teddy bear and like like too scared to move and just i fucking love this song I am surprised how hard I rock with this because if <laughs> if you told me the week before, like, hey, Dill, I'm going to throw in a German rock song, I'd be like, nice. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Because uh, I, I had no idea what the lyrics were about. That's kind of, it's kind of fitting for the song, but I love the big choruses and I love the way the dude rolls his, his R's. Mein Hot Prince. Yeah, it's oh, great. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you have my attention, sir. But yeah, I love the strings in this song. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised you never listened to Ramstein. I feel like. Like, never? Yeah. Never. Yeah, Ramstein's good. I think like we you picked didn't him. Did you know about Ramstein? I think we talked about him a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, mine too. We picked him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only time. Man, damn. They're, they're really wow. good. Man, fucking Ramstein. <laughs> so fucking cool. So fucking German. So fucking good. I, I can't. So there's a lot. Uh, a lot of Ramstein I love, and it, specifically Kevin. Like I remember you showing me Du Hast the first time. Du, and I can't. Du Hast. Oh yeah, Du Hast, Mish. <laughs> uh, it, I can't under understate the importance of Kevin, like on influencing the music in my life. But one l- weird little detail I do remember from growing up is that while Kevin and I both love Ramstein, uh, we do not value their discography the same. That's true. Um, I like mine, mine hairs Brent a lot, but I love several other songs in this album uh sauna ikvil uh the title track muter uh zwitter and the the like almost all of the next album risa risa uh which was high school for both of us too yep um but so at the end of the day let's just attribute that to ramstein being way too awesome to handle yep. and that's another deep dive coming soon for benji and there's a lot of those songs like I, I had sauna on here for quite a long time and then i finally like this was one of my hardest picks was what ramstein song do i pick because <laughs> i like them all there's their first like four albums are all just really really good from top to bottom and uh i almost put america on here because i thought it was oh, funny it's awesome yeah we all live in america <laughs> it's just yeah, coca-cola wonder bra <laughs> Sorry, Dill. Ooh, an inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> Just listen to Ramstein. You'll get it. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I fucking love Ramstein. I think we were done there, so let's move on. Dead! <laughs> By My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Go! Oh, I, almost, take a break. I almost just passed out. Like I'm legitimately lightheaded. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, okay, uh, you're right. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm back to the world of the living here. Okay, uh, so God. if you missed it, uh, Dead by My Chemical Romance. Um, I guess my first three picks are just going to be full full throttle oh. speed, which kind of makes sense because if you guys know me, I love my music fast and I like guitar solos. I like a lot of things, but this song encapsulates why I like My Chemical Romance. And I've been known on Twitter.com as a guy who claims the used is better than My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of heated debates on I Twitter.com. Agree, yeah. We did a we did a the used album way back when one of our first al- yeah, uh, albums that we covered. Second? Fourth album. It was I think it was album. fourth. But you know, when it comes to My Chemical Romance, when it comes to the Black Parade, this song is the best one on the album, without a doubt. Like 
Welcome to the Black Parade is good, but this song just like the way the album starts with the end and then it leads right into this song. It just like it sets that tempo, dude. It's like they couldn't even get like 10 seconds into the song without a guitar solo. Yeah. It was like, hey, dude, this song's going to be full speed and whoever wants to go first can go first. And the guitarist's like, fuck it. You ever heard a guitar solo five seconds into a song? <laughs> um, but, you know, this it makes me want to learn guitar, but I know I'll never be to that caliber. And the song is kind of like poking fun at death. And that's why they're so fucking emo is like, you think I'm scared of you, death? Like, it's everything's a joke. And that's, you know, if if life ain't a joke, then why am I laughing? You know, mm-hmm. it's like having that kind of attitude towards death. And the whole album kind of is just confronting death. And there's different songs about it. But I love this one because it's like, no, you know what, death? You don't get the fear. Fuck you. You know, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. As Dylan touched on earlier, My Chemical Romance is kind of one of those ew band mm-hmm. names for like just that I'm going to avoid when I see it. Uh, like the looks, the name, and the whole style, I just kind of ignorantly ignored it. Um, but this is pretty darn good. It, it, it's like I think it's a, a perfect mixtape song too. Um, there is like that little distortion to introduce like the new song, and then it's followed by that slick little solo. I like that a lot. It's an easy transition song, song, and it's it's almost a shame because I could totally see high school me bumping this. Because yeah. um, it's also kind of fucked up, like those lyrics. Uh, See, I, I, I interpret them as like they're as against like a, a jilted lover, essentially. Um, like, haven't you heard that you're dead? Nobody had much, much nice to say about you anyway. Uh, they kind of go in on this gal or whoever it is. With, and it's kind of brutally playful. And I, I love that. Yeah, no, I just I, I'm much like Ben. I never really gave my chemical romance a chance because, again, it was that kind of, you know, Bullet for my Valentine, all that kind of. They're the, they're. I think they're mentally associated being like the One Direction of emo. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's and it's that's kind of how I still feel about them. But this song is awesome. Like it's just that chorus, man. It's just it's there's an undeniable boppy poppiness to it. Yeah. But, duh, I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna do it because I fucked it up already. <laughs> but listen to it. It's really good. It's 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 a great great chorus, and it's like you feel like you know the words when you're listening to it even if you have never heard the song before. And that is the song, the sign of like great songwriting. And no matter how you feel about a band, you have to kind of bow. I said it earlier, you kind of have to bow down to greatness when you hear it. And this is one of those songs where I just kind of had to check all my biases. And I'm like, yep, this song is awesome. I can't deny it. Even though, you know, I, and again, I haven't really given my chemical romance a fair chance either. I've heard some stuff that I've liked before, but probably not as much as this. This is this is a this is a good song. Like I would listen to this again and again, and I have for the past week, and yeah. never skipped it. So that's that's a good compliment from me. And yeah, no, maybe I'll give him a chance. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and try to listen to some of it. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll cover Black Parade because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, it's probably I mean, in my top hundred of all time. It's one of the emo anthems, right? That mm-hmm. album, so. We need, yeah, we probably need to talk about it at some point. Yeah. Benji, you're Song at number, number four. four. All right. Yeah, this is going to be Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. Um, and rap was such a big part of high school Benji's life that I, I knew I needed to have at least two songs. Uh, one needed to be classic hip hop, you know, the old school gangster shit. And then one of the hip hop of like the current era of my high school. And 
uh, for for this one, you know, fuck the fuck the police. Got some thought, but for me, it it, it had to be Biggie. And the transition from Avenged Sevenfold to Notorious B.I.G. would have been a mortal sin in our old uh, burning CD days. Sure. But uh, Juicy is the track that can pull it off because that intro is so iconic. Once it starts, what came before doesn't matter. It's all good, baby, baby. That's right. And that's and that's Biggie's magic. His flow is so smooth, but it's powerful. And it, it makes him a masterful storyteller. Um and that's why, like, he never really had a ton of features on his album. Like, early raps, it, it, for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, it's very collaborative. There's there's a ton of different names, a ton of different talent coming together to do it. But not not in Biggie's. Uh, most of his songs were just him because he could carry a track, an album, by himself. And that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I just, I had to read the intro. And, yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived in, uh, above the buildings that I was hustling in front of, called the police on me when I was trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the words I can't say in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. <laughs> like, that's real. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Um, like, that's real shit, yeah. man. Like, that is totally, in a totally different world, completely unrelatable to me. Um, and growing up in Wilmington, Ohio, uh, but somehow I feel like I really lived through the struggle with Christopher Wallace because his music is just so real. You mean Wilmington isn't like the mean streets of New York City? I, I could be wrong. I didn't late eighties, early nineties. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Like maybe it is. You know more than I think. But I don't think it was. I don't think it's. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to break in there. No, you're fine. That's that was it for me. Cool. Uh, Dill, you want to go or you want me to go? You can go. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. <laughs> when I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. And that was that I always fucking that's one of my favorite lyrics of all time because as a kid who grew up in the nineties, having both a Sega Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis, that was the fucking dream, boy. Yeah. Like I I couldn't picture that. You're right, Biggie. I can't picture that. Uh, because I we like we weren't a super rich family. We weren't no. like poor by any means, but like we didn't certainly couldn't afford the nicest things at the time. And two so, consoles? You got two consoles? <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Ben! You already got a Sega down there. What you want a Nintendo too? I don't think so. <laughs> that's that's our father, Bill Carter, for you. Uh, pretty he from the Bronx. <laughs> my dad grew up, born and raised in Long Island, New York. So okay, I, then that was a good accent. Yeah, my, Try, yeah. I, I've I've been working on that one for a long time. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's just Biggie. He's the only true king in New York. Like Jay Z's tried to come along, Nas tried to come along, and try to claim the throne after his death. But no, Biggie's always the king. Will always be the one true king of New York. And it's just because his style is so fucking smooth, man. It's 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 almost like listening to old soul more than hip hop. It really is. Like they talk about that in the documentary about was it just Notorious or whatever on Netflix. Yeah. They talk about how he listened to all that old soul growing up, and so that's kind of where his rap sensibilities came from. And it really comes through here in this track, especially in like in a land of aggression in like the late, the early to late '90s. I mean, listen to Tupac, like his main rival at the time. They were actually good friends, but had a falling out. I think when Tupac thought Biggie saw some people to shoot him up in a studio or some shit like that. Again, yeah. watch the watch the documentary. It's really good if you care about um, that era of hip hop. But like they were, they were all super aggressive. Like especially West Coast hip hop at the time was hyper aggressive. Like fuck the police, perfect example. Um, but Biggie was just a big teddy bear. I mean, he he rapped about selling drugs and doing this, that, and the other. But it was never hyper aggressive. There was always this softness, but like a thuggish softness. I'll give me the loot. 
Yeah, well, yeah, give me the loot. I mean, but still, even then, it's like it's not. It was, like, it's still it's playful. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's it's not like out here. You know, let's shoot cops today. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that. Like it was very brazen on the West Coast, and I think that's what always appealed to me as a younger kid for two West Coast rap. But now that I'm older, I'm starting to appreciate like East Coast rappers a lot more. Um, but that that verse that I started, I talked about earlier. He kind of starts talking about celebrating his success a lot more, like. We drink champagne when we're Thursday, and like you know, after talking about birthdays, we're the worst days. And it's just, I don't know, it's it, it kind of hits a different plateau at that point. Uh, it's just really, really good. It's it's like an iconic song. If you this, if I had to introduce anybody to Biggie, this would be the first song I played with him every single time. Um, one last closing note on this song is that it's the woke white boy test. If you can sing the last part of the chorus without saying the n word, you pass. But it's really, really fucking hard because the chorus sounds so much better with that word in it. Mm-hmm. But you just have to let Biggie say it, guys. Just let you, him do it. You can't do it. You have to yeah. let Biggie say it. But it is really hard. because it's See, sad. I think his, his most iconic song is Big Papa, but I do. I mean, Big Papa's great. Yeah. I love this song. It's so, it's so accessible and palatable, and I think that's why he's so universally liked is because, yeah. and it ages so well, is because it's not coming for your throat. It's like... He's celebrating his success without trying to tear anyone else down. And it's just like, this is all the crappy things that happen. And this is what I'm at now. And it's like, it's just like hearing someone's success for success story. And you're like, Hey, yeah, dude, good for you. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that that happened to you. And I hate that's how you were raised, but I'm so happy for where you're at now. And it's very rare that a, a rapper can brag about what they have without you being like, okay, dude. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. But he does it in a way that's like, I'm so happy to have these things because I had nothing. And you're yeah. like, yeah, just like painting that picture in such a way that like everyone, it's so universally understood and, and liked. Yeah. 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 How awesome is it that he chose Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis yeah. to as like, as like a status symbol? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, 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 that's just, that just now. tells you where he came from. He yeah. didn't, he wasn't rapping, rapping about like Maybacks and cars. He's like, I got two video game systems. This is fucking, <laughs> this is the fucking life, bro. <laughs> And it's, I think that that's what made he is what we always talk about is authenticity. That's our new word instead of cacophony. It's authenticity. Yeah, that's why he's forever the king of New York because he came up in New York in in just as hard as you could be. I mean, he was out there legitimately hustling, like to make still a living. doing it while he was rapping. Yeah, still doing it. He had to make a choice. Like, do I want to leave this drug money or do I want to go make it big in hip hop? And he, I think he, I hope, I think he chose correctly. Yeah, he he rode the line for a long. Yeah. If you watch that documentary, he rode the line a lot longer than I think people realize. Yeah, and it was all out of the goodness of his heart too. Like he was just trying to make money for his his baby daughter. He's like, this rap thing could like fall apart at any second. Yeah. Why would I give up what I got going on? Yeah, this is sure money. Like I know I can make money doing this. I don't know if there's any money in rap game for me. And, and man, thank God he chose it because we got quite a gift mm-hmm. for the you know few years he was active there. Um, yeah. Fucking R.I.P. Biggie. I mean, yeah. the, the, my fa- one of my favorite parts. The, actually, I, I think about it all the time. Is his funeral? It's, it's, if you don't watch anything else from that documentary, watch the videos of his funeral. And it's the streets of New York are on fire with people celebrating, and like nobody was sad. They were just like, "Yeah, this guy was he was our guy." And I think they were all just fucking having a party as his like shit drove. That's the kind of funeral I want, dude. Like I want people to just celebrate and like don't be sad like celebrate the life that we got to share together and that what you know we gave to each other that it's just such a cool scene and it makes me so happy and listening to his mom talk about how it made her happy to see people like not mourning his death but like celebrating his life that's just so fucking cool to me man and 
Yeah, I don't know. Biggie's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys ready to move Biggie's on? Great. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, so next, so for something completely different, uh, <laughs> into Norwegian black metal, which with Progenies of the Great Apocalypse by Dimu Borgir, and it's it was only a matter of time before we did some sort of Dimu Borgir song because I fucking love them so much. They're very formative into my heavier metal listening days for sure. Uh, I wrote, you know, Dimu Borgir are like the gatekeepers into black metal. It's like, can you listen to the song? Okay, you're cool enough to come in because. They're absolute legends in the black metal scene and like the symphonic black metal scene. And I think I feel like black metal gets a bad rap for like poor audio quality, just like that kind of shit. And like with really over saturated guitars and drums, but Demu elevates it to a level of like pure art. It's operatic and soaring and Take, drags you to the depths of hell but it feels like you're flying at the same time it's almost like you're in a vortex of like a hell vortex when you're listening to Demu, and i love every second of it um their vocals are so unique it's like a it's not even really singing it's not it's like a demon speaking at you it, it, this is what hell sounds like and it sounds awesome and i can't, I can't wait to go <laughs> it, it honestly sounds like darth vader's workout music yeah yeah no <laughs> When I was working out, I was like, this would be what Darth Vader would work out to. He's taking the the little, the mask off for a second. He's like, I got to get my bench in. Someone throw on some Demu Borg gear. The battle rages on and on. When you hear that, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck am I listening to? It's awesome. Darth Vader putting up 405 listening to (laughs) Demu Borg gear. Does he he use the force a little bit? I think so. I think if he's struggling, he hits a, like a plateau. He's like, I can't let them see me be weak. Someone throw four fifty five on that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, but you get those demon vocals that we were just talking about. But then right in the middle, you get this incredibly clean vocal, which the first time I heard, heard it just blew my dick clean off. I'll never remember. I'll never forget it. I was driving home from school, and this, this is like I pulled into the driveway, and I was like, I really like this song. I listened to the rest of it, and then that came on. I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? And it's just, it's, I don't know. There's just something about this song that feels transcendent, and it feels like Ben talks about masterclass songs all the time. This is a masterclass Demo Borgir song, and this whole album is really good. Um, I think the Osbournes used this as like a their song they used to come back from commercials for their show. And I was like so happy that I knew what that song was. It was like there's so many people watching this show that don't know that's Demu Borgir, and I know it's Demu Borgir, and that makes me very happy. Uh, anyway, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention how funky the song feels after it comes back from that. That once the main theme comes back, that don't 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 don't. It's almost like he's rapping for a little bit, and it's really weird. It only lasts for like three seconds, but I think it's just the way the vocal flow worked with the the like melodic elements in the song. It's really it always makes me laugh whenever I hear it, and I I do love the last <laughs> once and for all. <laughs> you got to prep yourself for that one. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just really cool. It feels like demons going to battle, and I love it. And that's what the song's about anyway, so. And that's how Kevin became a eunuch. Yes. But, but this, <laughs> this is a, a classic March to War song. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's almost a, an entire genre of metal by itself. It's just shit to yeah, March to War to. Power metal, yeah. Um, but this is, this is kind of where I, I wish you didn't restrict yourself to the, like the high school releases only, because I think we both want to be marching towards Ragnarok to Angel's Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, Angel's Holocaust is great. Ice Earth is a great band. We'll, get, we'll talk about them too. But 
yeah, I mean, this song rocks too. It, it, like killer instrumentals, and I, what my favorite part, like by a mile, is that wild ass piano that leads you into <laughs> apocalypse over the last like minute and a half. Like that part, um, because the, the, like this is like, as you know, like I'm not huge. Like I like the black metals, but it's not like my biggest vibe. But I will go back to this song for that last minute and a half with that crazy ass piano all day. Like that that shit's awesome. Bill, what you got? This is like metal orchestra mm-hmm. music. And I think that's where I get the like the Star Wars ideas in my head and I start getting the Darth Vader head cannons, but I didn't realize how much I didn't like the unclean vocals until I heard the clean vocals. And I was yeah. like, Holy hell, you could have been doing that the whole yeah. song? That's what I that's pretty much exactly what I said the first time I listened to it too. <laughs> But, you know, it's still, I, I understand, like, the the need for the unclean vocals because it kind of adds to the, the feel of the song. But I like the clean vocals so much that mm-hmm. it kept me, like, pining for more. Yeah. And, you know, hearing or- orchestral music with metal was, like, it kind of felt like we're kind of blending worlds finally where, you know, you're finally getting me to dip my toes in, in uh, orchestra music. And then, you know, you throw some metal in there and I'm like, okay, this is kind of my speed. So if you keep throwing things like this my way, I think I'm going to be into it. There's a lot of songs that I listen to that are like this. And I I think that you're, you're starting to realize why I like both of those things very much because Mm -hmm. together they are fucking awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, iron sharpens iron there. You just, like you put piano with anything though. It just makes it better. It really does. Wait, I have a question though, because I see your notes here. Is it, you said it reminds you of a cartoon action film like the Transformers. Did you yeah. actually go back and watch the Transformers? Me and Kevin watched the tra- like a scene from the Transformers movie. We did. And it reminded me of that song. Yeah, we bit. watched uh, Unicron turning Megatron into yeah. Galvatron. Your bargaining posture is quite dubious. <laughs> Pretty much after the podcast, me and Kevin watched like 30 minutes of YouTube together. Because <laughs> yeah, we ended up watching Beast Wars. It got weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it got real, weird real quick. But yeah, that's. I think that's kind of where I associate it was like that kind of... Me- the only other time I'd heard that kind of metal was like watching that, that Star Wars. Mm. Or not Star Wars. Uh, Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my fourth pick... To move on is to grow by We Came as Romans. Um, it didn't feel right not like the closest I gotten so far in the playlist was Four Years Strong, but I really wanted to include something metal, maybe something that didn't age as well, but still something I really enjoyed back in high school. And you know, my introduction to metal was kind of like the most formative musically I'd been because. I'd listen to a lot of emo. Everything we'd listened to so far is kind of like, okay, when I hear this, I can picture Dylan listening to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But go, getting into metal was such a big part and like kind of just opened my world for music. And this song was definitely one of the standouts from when I was in high school. And, you know, I couldn't really relate to what was going on to these, the, the lyrics, because it's kind of like about growing up and, you know, trying to like move on from your past mistakes, whether it's drugs or a girlfriend or whatever. But you know, I thought it was like a thoughtful song rather than just being brutal. And I kind of liked how it kind of blended what I liked about, <clears throat> sorry, uh, emo music. It was like having something to say, but still like being brutal about it. And I think that's why I like the song and why I still listen to it to this day. And I love the screamer. The screamer yeah. is like one of my favorites. Uh, they're still making music to this day, which is awesome. Uh, the clean vocalist has actually passed away from a heroin overdose, which is pretty sad, but, um, the screamer, is 
one of my favorites. I can listen to him sing anything. Yeah. So it, lyrically, it, it does it. It seemed pretty straightforward to me. Like it's kind of just saying, like eh, I'm making metal, so fuck life. And there's nothing wrong with the shallow end. It, it, like this definitely is not my like favorite brand of metal either. But me still likey. There's 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 a ton of the of skill on display musically in this song, and um, it, it's got a lot of interesting little tidbits here and there throughout the song. Like it it never feels the same. Um, but probably least surprisingly, it's, it's that little electro breakdown, like towards the beginning. That's my favorite part. I'm just a sucker for it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You like what you like, right? Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, we came as Romans. Like I, I texted you at one point this week. I was like, are you sure you've never listened to all that remains? Because we came as Romans reminds me so much of like their early shit that it really, it's, it baffles me that you never listened to like all that remains because they're identical in a lot of ways. Uh, it's it's everything I loved about that type of metal at the time that when it was coming out. It's just it's heavy as hell, but it's got like this really deep melodic feel to it that's almost like I, I, here's another buzzword for us, so ethereal. Like it feels like it's coming from another realm. It almost feels like you're playing Dark Souls and you're like traveling through worlds and this is the song that you hear while you're in that like tunnel of, you know, betwixt and between here. And it's it's really nerdy. It sounds ner- I can't explain why. But there's something really nerdy about the way this sounds, and I, I just I really latch onto that. It's the same reason like I love Demon War Gear because they're nerdy as fuck. Like they're they're talking about demons and shit like that. But at the end of the day, they're just they're just sweet little Swedish boys. Like they're just nice guys. They like like, like fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but they play demons on stage, and there's I don't know. There's just something funny about that. I've always admired my metal for that because beneath these like tough metal like sonic things that are coming through your ear it's behind it are usually pretty nice dudes <laughs> it's just always yeah. really funny to me yeah. um and it just makes it really cool and I, I don't know i just i i admire that and it's it almost goes against like the authenticity of it but these guys really do believe the music that they're playing is fucking awesome because it is but it's just nice to know that yeah you could probably go and have a beer with this guy afterwards and he won't summon demons you know what i mean yeah that there, there's some, just something really nerdy about that that i relate to in a very very uh personal way so yeah, great pick, man. I, I loved all your songs this week. Yeah, I liked all your guys' songs except Feel Good Inc. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor, um, poor gorillas. I'm sure they'll bounce back. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like Eminem. Like, are they really feeling the the heat? I've been Eminem breathing down their eyes every night when he listens to our podcast. Yeah. He's just look. He's scrolling through my Instagram. This fat fucking redhead. I'm coming for him. <laughs> Once I get all the words together, I'm coming for that neck. Dylan's <laughs> just trying to get big by getting on a diss track. That's, That's true. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I it did, did wonder for MGK. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, we ready for the final picks? So my final pick is "Stronger" by Kanye West. Ah, man, contemporary rap from the early aughts. As Kevin likes to say, mm-hmm. well, I always imagine. Are. I always imagine with a pinky up. What the early aughts? Yeah, that's early, what they're called. The early aughts. What else are you gonna call them? The early zeros? I don't know. I just call them the two thousands. <laughs> I just, I just never heard it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm weird, but um, like this spot was actually shockingly for me uh, the most difficult slot to pick. Um, I went through like big timers, Lil John, Lil Wayne, Chameleonaire, uh, Khalid, Akon, Ti, Ying Yang Twins. And I really like the journey. Um, and most of that's kind of bad, but it's still a lot of fun to listen to. Like, 
rap definitely was not as hard anymore. Like definitely not as hard, but it, it definitely was still entertaining. Um, and this whole kind of era was kind of the, the downfall of rap to me, but also it's last hurrah. Mm-hmm. And no one encompasses that better than Kanye. Um, his first few albums were a revelation. And Graduation casts a long shadow over the rest of my picks, I think, uh, just in terms of how huge it was during my high school years. Uh, poppy rap was just kind of a thing now. And um, for me, just imagine how far my jaw dropped when I saw Kanye West had a new collab coming out with Daft Punk in 2007. This was six years before Random Access Memories, and Daft Punk did not do collabs. Like That, that alone earned Kanye so many points in my book. Um it is too bad he lost all of those with 808s and heartbreaks, and I think we'll touch on that with everybody else's comments too. Mm-hmm. But um, because this song and this album kicks ass, it's unique. It's got a heart. Um, the video to this song is really cool as well. Um, it's got like I think it's about like Daft Punk abducting Kanye and then building him into like a stronger like android kind of like them. Um, but yeah, it's got it like this is kind of that last era to where it, it kept that soul of um, the old school guys to where like, you know, fuck you. Like my shit's good. Uh, you know, everybody else, you know, whatever. Um, but it had more musicality to it than ever before with Kanye's early stuff. So this was this was huge for me. Um, it was huge for almost everybody in high school for me. Um, and yeah, like, what do you guys got? Uh, this is why people say they love, I miss the old Kanye and because it's, it, it's great. The dude was a genius before he went completely insane and off the deep end. Yeah. Now he's just wearing bags on his head everywhere he goes. I also suspect this is Ben's ways of picking a Daft Punk song without actually picking a Daft oh, Punk well, song. Well, you know it. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just really listenable and it's stadium hip hop at its best. I mean, it's just, I think the, what, what I remember most about this song is that he was able to somehow drag the classically reclusive Daft Punk out of their shell and perform on the Grammys. Like that is a pr- iconic Grammy performance when they lifted up and they had their iconic pyramid there and Daft Punk played live on the Grammys. I think it was one of their last live performances. Yeah. I mean, this was probably after this is probably after the 2007 Alive tour. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, so it was probably like up to the the last time they performed on the Grammys. It's probably one of their second or third last performances that they ever did. So it's crazy to think about that. Um, couple of things like started like the whole stunner shade thing where Kanye wore those stupid sunglasses in the, in the video and you saw those forever for like the next 10 years, which whatever, I mean, they're fine. I mean, just middle school kids would wear them and think they were cool. Um, and I always, I love the, I always love the line since OJ had isotoners. I just always thought that was so clever because I always I mean, love uh, the one right before that since Prince was on Apollonia. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, the whole like chorus is great. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Just, I just, uh, just, using OJ to kind of frame the point of time that he's talking about. Yeah. is always funny to me, but anyway, yeah. Also 808s is a good album. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to touch on before I got into my, <laughs> I won't, I won't stand for 808 slander. Really? Yeah. I like, oh, I, I love see. it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you didn't like 808s. 808s no. is a really good album. I like it a lot. I thought, I honestly thought the song was on 808s yeah. cause it seems like it would fit the theme of 808s. Does it? I don't think I think people hate 808s because it was so wildly different. That is a part of it, yeah. So we'll just we'll get into it, I guess. <laughs> um, I actually went back and I listened to 808s when I wrote that down just to make sure 
that I that I had the same thoughts I used to because I've actually done this a few times because I remember I was so excited for 808s when it first came out um, and just being deeply disappointed in it uh, just because it felt like Kanye lost his soul on that because he went with every what everybody else was doing mm-hmm. right with the auto tune and all of that and there's a lot of the songs on the album like they're still really cool there's still some really cool stuff going on in that album that I like there's a lot of good musicality there um, so I, some of these songs like um, oh man I'm gonna blank on them now but uh, Heartless um, I'm blanking on a, a couple of them but I do really like Love Lockdown yeah great song um, I should I should really love a few more but I just don't because it it feels like it focuses on the auto tune instead of focusing on the music or the lyrics or uh, the heart of the music. I think it's a, it was an experimental album. I think he wanted to see how far he could push it. And I think I ex- appreciated for that. You know, I, I then I didn't say it's not a great album, but I, I do like it. I think it gets way more shit than it than it deserves. I think it's because it is a legitimately a, a good album. It's not a bad Kanye album by any means. I don't know. Like I don't I don't know how much people shit on it. I just. I, I know it's polarizing. I know people yeah. either usually either love it or hate it. So no, it's, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Dill. Sorry, no, that, that was my own fault. I wanted to do that. <laughs> we might as well hash it out. <laughs> um, Let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> RoboCop is my favorite. It might be one of my top yeah. five kind yeah. of songs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he really had a few years of invincibility, and yeah, it's hard to remember. Definitely. Now it's kind of like when I talked about with John Legend uh, last week was you know when someone's in the spotlight that long, because what this album's from 2007, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Stronger or uh, yeah. Graduation from 2007. You know, it's just hard to remember a time when Kanye was really on the up and up because he's just been in, been in our social conscience for so long. And, you know, he wasn't going to make the same song twice and he had the balls to do whatever came to mind. And that's, I think that's why we liked Kanye was like, wherever you're going, we're going to follow until he got, until he was done with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, then we were like, okay, I think that was the best he could do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, after that, it was like, okay, that that big sense of grandeur, it's it's gonna wear thin. But you know, this song was awesome, and it's I would say probably his most popular song to it's date. Up there, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's it, there's so many good, yeah, just huge Kanye songs from his first like four albums. Man. Yeah, I it's mean, just off pick. of this one, flashing lights would yeah. be up there. Uh, Homecoming. Yeah few others like power maybe i mean it's i'll hold on i'll look at his his uh his spotify before spotify yeah it's probably Um, a lot of stronger is the top is it really yeah interesting the song with uh jay-z about two african-american men in paris yeah yeah yeah. um heartless bound two and then flashing lights Flashing Lights was real close to my. Oh, what a good beat! Oh man, yeah. Kanye's such a brilliant producer, man. Like he yeah. really is. Yeah. I just wish he wasn't batshit crazy. Yep. And I kind of like him being crazy. Though. I do too, but it's like he just—he's not relatable anymore. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, he, I don't know. He's got this god complex that I can't really relate to. But now I don't. I, it's yeah. Weird. It's not. It's not the same as being in the mind of a madman. It's just being in the mind of a megalomaniac. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference. Like the, and that's why I love that fish sticks episode of oh, of, so of, of South Park so much. Like there's there's a there's a lot of newer South Park that I don't really like, but that one just really nailed it. I know that's not even really newer South Park, but yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago, but it just it nails the the zeitgeist Kanye thinks he has in himself perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny. 
Um, anyway, you guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. All right. Last one for me. The Rockwilder by Method Man and Red Man. I uh, really, really love Method Man. He's one of my favorite rappers of all time. He just kind of personifies the edgier side of New York hip hop for me. He's got that kind of really smooth flow, but he's also got a like gruffness to him. Uh, and there was, it was hard for me to kind of pick up method man song, but I just went with this one because I remember like just playing this and what comes on at the song that comes on right after this tear it off. Um, classic. I would always listen to those two like together. So, so to kind of just rip them apart from each other was really hard for me, but I didn't want to cheat and pick two songs, even though this is a very, very short song. Uh, do you know why it's a short song? Do you know? Yes. Why? Uh, because they did two verses. They both did two verses, but Redman didn't like this. He didn't like the beat to this song, so he's like, "We did two verses. Didn't really fit that well, so we just wiped out the second verses for both of us and did. We both each had one verse, and then we finished with like a a Cypress Hill. Yes. La 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 la. Which I love, dude. Yeah. I, I, it it flows so perfectly into tear it off. That's why I think it's it's really important to listen to those songs back to back because they really do flow into each other perfectly. Um, but I just like I like the beat better in this one personally. I like the flows better in this one. I like uh, Method Man's flow specifically in this one quite a bit. Uh, he's just really smooth. I mean, I just love his catch line to Cal. You know, he's methodical. I, mean, it's just, I don't know. He's just fucking cool. There's just, Method Man is a cool dude, and so is Red Man. Uh, I don't know. He, I love that he's smooth, smooth, but his New York accent bleeds through so heavily. And it just, anytime you can hear like an accent in hip-hop, it just makes it that much cooler. That's why I love British rappers so much, because they sound so different from anything I'm used to. And it's like, yeah, this fucking is cool, man. And it just, I don't know. There's something cool about being a, a, a rapper from New York. It's just... You know, Wu-Tang Clan as well. Wu-Tang mm-hmm. fucking rocks. Wu-Tang for the people. What you got, Benji? So this one for me, like this this fits into that that bipolar category with rap for me. Like this song absolutely has that undeniable flow and just cool attitude that I love about classic rap, but it for me it's it's just not my groove. I, I don't even know why. I have no idea. Um I, I think it, it boils down to like I respect Method Man and Red Man in this, uh, like I respect like the Doors or or, or Slayer, um, like yeah I can tell you're doing some awesome shit, but it's just not what I click with. Mm-hmm. I don't know, music is weird, man. I really probably should have picked Cream, honestly. Cream like Wu Tang, the Wu Tang Cream, yeah, fucking great song. Yeah, see, I love I love this pick. Yeah, I do too. I really do like this song. I've listened to it quite a bit. I think it hits a lot harder in the car too. Like, if yeah, you, well, yeah, it it's sense. so much cooler. Like when that bass line first comes, it's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's it's like they came and went in two minutes, and it it does it start the album? No, it's in the it's like towards the end of the album. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. You know, this song is like short and sweet, and it leaves you longing for more, which I think is something. I really cling to in music is if it's short and sweet and it gets you like, like that la 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 yeah. at the very end, you're like, I got to hear that song again. Yeah. I immediately just like started over and it's two minutes. Like that's yeah. not a huge investment in your time. You listen to it four times. That's the same length as Louis song. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the song has vision. It's not trying to be cool. It just is. It is what and, it is, man. It's yeah. fucking and, awesome. They they do a really good job of like paying homage in this song. Yeah. Like uh, I think the name of the song is the guy that made the beat for the song. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how often does that happen? Like this beat's so fucking cool that we're gonna name the song after you, bro. I, and the I love the Cypress Hill 
shout out at yeah. the very end to you know it's just this song is like it makes me feel like I'm in on a really cool thing. Yes, that's exactly what it makes you it's feel like, like. If you and your buddy are listening to this and you like pull up next to somebody, somebody's like, "Damn, those guys are fucking cool," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that's how this song makes me feel. It's just goofy too. It's like I love the line: "Double barrel shotgun, hand on a pump, sitting on a forty, smoking on a blunt." It's just so <laughs> stupid, but it's like it's. But Method Man and Red Man are they're goofy dudes. Like how high is one of my favorite. It's a great fucking comedy and. They're so funny in that movie, and I think that's that perfectly kind of personifies why I like Method and Red together, specifically. They're my two favorite members of Wu Tang, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Thanks for backing me up a little bit. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think most people would agree with you. Like, yeah, probably. I think I absolutely. Like I, I, I'm probably the outlier there, but uh, well, you didn't. It's not like you shit on. Yeah, it. you didn't yeah, shit on. No, it's just like, not absolutely. It's yeah, exactly. My last pick, Mara and Me by Say Anything. It should be mentioned that uh, I had Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy up until maybe five days ago. Because <sighs> oh, we've had a lot of time to digest this playlist. Yeah. And that's probably why this episode is going to be a little bit longer. Probably two because hours. It's getting close to two hours. Yeah. But there's a reason. It's because we've had a lot of time to digest this. And this is probably the least amount of time we've had with the song. Besides some of the audience submissions. But this song was just like the most chaotic thing I'd heard. And I love Say Anything. I love their first album. Which we've talked to, we've talked about on numerous podcasts, but this self-titled album was like the a little bit poppier of, of that, and I love it for that. And this song is like no pop whatsoever. <laughs> There's nothing to be found that's pop. And I had the uh, from second one thirty one to minute one fifty one. That was my ringtone for like all of high school. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, "What song is that?" And I'm like. It's not the song you think it is. If it sounds cool, it's not part of it. Like, it's such a small snippet of this song that you're not going to like. Right. And it just manifests exactly who I thought I was in high school, even though I was, like, not this person. I I was self-deprecating. I was a non. I thought I was a nonconformist, even though I was. And the song structure is just, like, pure madness. There's so much. So you can listen to the song a thousand times and hear something new every time. And it's no secret that, you know, he's one of the best just because he knows how to orchestrate songs and like just kind of go off the rails and find his way back. And there's no real chorus. There's like a, a bass solo, then a guitar solo and then a drum solo. And the drummer is actually the one that does the the lyrics from like 131 to 151. And then he does like the backing vocals for the rest of the song. It's just like, Damn, this song is so wild. And if you ever watch, if you ever get interested and want to watch like a, a live version of it, it's just as good live. Yeah. They do a really good job. And, you know, it's just one of those songs that amazes me all these years later. And I guess Kiss Me Through the Phone wouldn't have been a bad pick, but this one felt more true to who I was in high school. Yeah. Kiss Me Through the Phone. I was trying to cover all the genres, but I was like, I'm tired of hearing this song. It's so vapid, dude. It's yeah. so vapid. There's yeah. just nothing there. I mean, I get why. I mean, it's definitely... I mean, I could have picked Apple Bottom Jeans just yeah. as easily. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? But I didn't for the same reasons. I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I listen to that song all the time in high school, but yeah, it's not Yeah, that's, that's why I feel like I ended up going with Stronger or something. That's like, it, like, that's definitely a good song as opposed to Salt Shaker by Ying Yang Twins, yeah. which was definitely... Or Snap Your Fingers. By Lil John. <laughs> this is more of a playlist of like, what did I listen to back then that I still want to listen to now? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think that's probably a better way to put it. 
Yeah, okay. this is a high school mixtape that we would still listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it gives me the phone like ten ply soft. <laughs> it really is. Um, but you want me to go? Yeah, you yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So Dill hits dingers. Dill hits dingers. I, yeah. I you know, I almost I had it in my notes. I was considering revoking that title <laughs> with the original number five. But uh, <laughs> Dill hits dingers. This this is awesome. Like this is really like this is unique. I had never heard this. I'd never, I've probably heard say anything before. I know I've heard the name. I, I don't, I don't know where, when, but, um, it's the first time I heard this song. I was so relieved. Like this from moment one, you can tell this is unique and that's high praise in my musical book. Like this song has a soul. It's a weird, ironic soul. It kind of blends a lot of styles throughout the song and it kind of stays true to that pop punkish identity. Uh, man, that's good eats. It's good eats. Um, I didn't write down like a, any of the lyrics, even though I I think I would now. Um, so I've had a lot more time to listen to it after you after you picked it the first time. Like that was the same night I was doing my notes. But, um, but yeah, I really I really really like this one. Yeah. Uh, any song that starts out with carnival organ and have lyrics that go and I quote: "There are babies with guns beheading their friends in shopping malls all around the world. Yet somehow kings of Leon still find time to write songs about girls. That shit fucking cracked me up, dude. I cried laughing. I was like, hell yeah, fucking fuck you, kings of Leon, for no reason we whatsoever. Much less. And then he's yeah, I don't suck much less. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Like that, dude. that reminded me of mindless self indulgence. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of there's a lot of different stuff in here. Yeah, man, it's it's it, it, I don't know. He just where he stops. He's like, I can't keep making the same fucking song over and over again. He just does like that weird like aside. It's just so funny, man. It's like that glimpse into madness that I'm like absolutely obsessed. And this guy did have like mental issues, right? Yes. I think I remember you talking about that. Um, but it's 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 incredibly meta without being self indulgent, and it actually reminds me a lot of Bo Burnham's Inside. There, there's a whole lot of that in this or this in that. I guess would be the proper order of it. Um, because this is way before Bo Burnham. I just unplugged my headphones, so give me a second here. Doobie Fumble doobie. around a little bit. Somebody play some hold. No, doobie. I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping every bit of that <laughs> That's in. fine. Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I got to give Say Anything a deeper listen. Because <clears throat> when we talked about like the four albums that changed our life on uh, Dollar Beer Night, I liked it, but I wasn't quite sure why. And I don't think I was ready to really listen to it yet. I I was still... Me then, which was like almost two years ago, and me now are completely different as far as music goes. And it's, I think, doing this podcast and really kind of stretching my boundaries for stuff like this has kind of allowed me to enjoy... You know, stuff like My Chemical Romance and like stuff I never would have enjoyed before. And it's not... Say anything's way better than that. But it's not something I really ever would have listened to back in the day. And... I can't wait to kind of dive in more and kind of appreciate the kind of genius madman that this guy, you know, is and was. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's okay. alive. Uh, he's. <laughs> I, I, could, I know he's, he has a tragic story. I couldn't remember if he was, you know. After the first album, he had like a mental break and yeah. he got diagnosed with bipolar. He kind of figured everything out. Now he's like got a, a wife and kid and, you know, he's oh, doing good. a lot better. Yeah. He like makes comic books and stuff. So, Fuck you yeah. know, he's, he's still keeping himself busy. This guy sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I really I can't wait to dive in. I can't wait to listen to that, that album again. And uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm extremely happy with the way this playlist turned out. I feel like I say this every week, but I text you guys like I think this is our best playlist ever. <laughs> well, that's like when I edit the podcast and I text you, I'm like, I think we did the best. <laughs> this I think is this our, is it. This yeah. is our best one. It's like uh, what is that office space? Or he's like, every day is the worst day of my life. It's like, what about today? Yeah, it's the worst day of my life. <laughs> Yesterday, yeah, worst day of my life. Tomorrow, yeah, it'll be the worst day of my life. He's like, ah, oh, it's fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Except, yeah, this is fucking awesome, man. Yeah. So let's get into song of the show, shall we? Yeah, we shall. Uh, Benji, you I'll, you can go first. Right on. Uh, so if you, if you thought Benji was getting through a whole episode without directly talking about EDM, you're nuts. Yep. Uh, but I I texted Kevin this a while ago. I think um, lock in Tiesto's "The Business" as my song of the show next time I'm on here uh, because it's it's hilarious how much I love this song mm-hmm. I, and I can't I can't figure out why it's just Tiesto magic. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> It's it's big and bombastic and but also kind of reserved. I don't know. No point in analyzing. Just just go listen. Yeah, it's a good song. And so I I played the wheels off the song. I've got I won a pair of shoes through a raffle that are specifically designed for this song. I should have actually worn yeah. the shoes in today. Those, those are slick. Uh, I just I really Tiesto is amazing. I've talked about it multiple times on the playlist. He doesn't he really doesn't miss. I mean, even his bad songs are still most producers like really good songs yes (laughs) so uh yeah no give it a listen i don't know if you've ever listened to it dill but i haven't come last year it's good good huh yeah the the video is really funny so maybe watch the video i definitely will i'll let i'll let you go next okay uh so mine is stay high by childish gambino and Brittany howard and this song literally dropped on spotify i think this week and holy shit do I love it so much it's just so soulful and good and Childish Gambino is so good at writing meaningful music and making it feel good and uh, Brittany Howard's incredible as well I don't know if any of you guys have ever listened to any of her stuff before but man oh man is she fucking good it's hard to tell the difference between the two in this song because uh, Childish Gambino is so good at like singing in that higher register but yeah, it's just th- that chorus, man. I listened to this song maybe 10 times that night I sent it to you, Dylan. It was like already, what, one thirty in the morning? And I was like, this this song, I can't get enough of it. And so please, please, please listen to Stay High by Childish Cambino and Brittany Howard. It's great. It really is. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was when we hung out the other night, and yep. I think it came out like right at midnight. Yeah, like a, it was like a home Wednesday home. release or something. I don't know why I had open Spotify, probably because I was listening to it on my car ride home and i opened it up and i said oh childish gambino new track i'm like what the fuck because we had just talked about yeah. him retiring or whatever so yeah. And yeah it was cool to see my song of the week complete you by chunk no captain junk which is what a name, what a name. <laughs> it's they're like from the very late 2000s like emo pop punk screamo they were like pop punk but they had a screamer you mean the late aughts late aughts Go oh, fuck apologize. <laughs> um but yeah, they they kind of broke up for a few years, and then this is like their resurgence, and I really like their new sound. This song is featured with um, a guy from a band I really like, so that's the whole reason I listened to it. It's got a sax solo at the end, and it's sexy as hell. If if you throw a sax in any song, yeah, me too. Guarantee you put it in the last like quarter of a song. I'm like, okay, well, I love this song. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter what the rest of the song was. I will say the one thing I don't like is the way it's mixed at the very end. It fades out like 30 seconds early. Yeah. So they're like singing the last chorus a couple times and you're like, 
what's that? Are you, it's like they're driving down the street and you're like, wait, what did you say? And they're like, <laughs> just like fading away. Kind of like, like kind of like you did to us earlier on the way. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> so just for a little bit of context, we were, Ben and I were arriving to Dylan's place and he was leaving to go to the gas station. He didn't know how close we were. And like we stopped, we both rolled down our window. Dill didn't say anything; it just kept <laughs> just kind of kept like slowly going. going, and then did like a I didn't know what complete three sixty, and then <laughs> looked just kind like of he was turning sudden. around. I panicked. I panicked. <laughs> no, I'm going. It was so strange. <laughs> and I had the dogs in the car. It was yeah. a whole mess. Um, but yeah, that, that's my song of show. If yeah. you guys, I don't know, Cap, what's that from? Huh? Captain Chunk. Is it from uh, uh, Goonies? Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, classic. Anyway, uh, that's our show. Yep. The high school mixtape. Yep. Uh, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do next week. Never do. Never do. We kind of almost figured it out this episode, but I don't think we're actually going to do that. Okay. I think we we're just kind of hyped up on it. Yeah, that. we were just hyped on play. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Benji, thanks for coming down. Yep. Thanks, thanks for coming for on me. the show. It's good to get you back on. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been a long time yeah, since shake we shake the rest off. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm comfortable saying you're number three again. Oh, boy. Yeah. What do you feel, Bill? Yeah, I'd say you didn't put a six-minute song on here. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Roses is six minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, the stupid is bitch. That that yeah, part, yeah. like, that's That'll worth waiting it. for. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's like its own little interlude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks as always for everybody that sent in submissions. We got a lot this week. I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of why this <laughs> this episode is long. Double digits. Other than the, uh, yeah, double digits. So, and 10 submissions, I think. Uh, you know, other than adding a third person, obviously he's going to add some runtime. But, you know, it really is fun for us to um, hear your songs and or make fun of them and or tell you how much we like them uh, or mess around and have fun with our friends and have them kind of included on this this weird little thing that we're doing. So keep doing it. I, I really enjoy it. And thanks for doing it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye. Okay. <laughs>